and Matt Show, the disc golf podcast you've been looking for. Ladies and gentlemen, what is going on? It's Nick from the Nick and Matt Show. My co-host Matt sitting right across from me, and we are on week number... I forget. 23. 23. It's week number 23. 23. And there we go. Nick, we record live, and for some reason, our chat window is like zero yeah. people have joined. And I'm like, this is impossible. Where are they? We've we got a great We got today. nervous. Oh, there we go. Yeah, episode 23. So, yeah, we're on episode 23. We've done this 23 times now, and uh, we might just do it another 23 times more after that. I don't know yet. So, Nick, you played in a tournament last weekend. Oh, do you want to talk about it? <laughs> no. You want to? No? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, I went up and played a tournament in New York at a course that I had played like five years ago called Tizer Creek. Um, Jeff, actually one of the guys, one of our super fans, kind of hit me up about it. And he was like, um, hey, man, there's this tournament going on. It's a two-day C-tier because the parking is so small and during COVID times and everything like that, um, we had to do tea times. So, yeah, I went up there Friday, got in a really good practice round. I actually felt really good about the course. and. It was very birdie friendly. Some of the pars were pretty soft and I felt really good about it. And then Saturday rolled around and it was kind of, it wasn't warm. Like it was definitely cold out. And, uh, but no, I just didn't really put it together. And then second round on Sunday, I definitely did not put it together. So my last tournament of the year, I have a couple more that I'm signed up for, but I'm actually dropping out of those because I really want to focus now on kind of like my mental state and getting back to the gym. And everything like that because that's one of the one of the hardest things i think touring throughout the year not really touring but like just playing tournaments consistently is finding time to go to the gym and especially if you haven't gone for a while the time that you do go back your body just gets shredded like destroyed and obviously playing a tournament like that is awful so i don't know i'm super excited to get back to the off season and kind of work on myself work on my game all right yeah I haven't played a tournament in a while, and um, for me, I had a cool experience this week. I think he's in the chat room tonight, Kent Chapman. Kent Chapman. Kent Chapman, he uh, hit me up last week or a few weeks ago and said, hey, Matt, do you uh, have some time? I'm going to be heading to Maple Hill. You know, I've never been down there before, and uh, I want to check things out. And I said, yeah, come on down. Let's get a tea time. Let's do it. And so I met up with him and we ended up playing around and one thing led to another. I've got a few stories to tell and uh, he's a really cool guy. Very nice. Very cool guy. Did um, you judge him? Man, every single shot, he had nice. to know it was coming. And then by the end of the round, we actually, I, I said, Hey, do you want to be participant on judge that disc golfer? So we've got Kent Chapman. He will be our judge disc golfer tonight. And Let's get things started out real quick here with a super chat from Scott yeah, Scott's Tots. Now that's funny. You do you, <laughs> so do if you're going to ask if I watched The Office, I very very casually have watched it. I don't think I've watched a full episode start to finish though. My dad and my sister are obsessed with it, and I have a bunch of friends who are beyond obsessed with it. Uh, so, so thank you Scott's Tots. That's very generous of you. Again, any Super chats that go towards this will go to improving the live feed for everybody here. And if you can't tell already, we've done some things here, like we're adding in chats now live. So if you do chat, it pops up on the screen when we have this view. Uh, so really, we're just kind of delaying here for no reason. Um, 
I've been trying to teach Nick how to talk into his microphone. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to make sure our sound qualities because Matt's always got a more hotter mic than I do. So now, because uh, when I get casually talking, I'm just like, I'll start going back here and then we completely lose me in the mic. So, so now they're listening, so, like they're driving in their cars and they're like, is that a little louder? Or is that quieter? Is yeah. what's it? Don't think about it too much. Nick's no. doing Nick's doing a much better job. I just have to be more on the sliders if he keeps yeah. changing. That's all. Yeah, we're we're checking it out. But as long as you stay close to the mic, Nick, we should be good. All right. Yeah. Well, so. I'm just, I'll I'll just say kind of like thank you everyone for joining so far tonight. We've already had a couple of people say, "Hey, first time watching it live." We appreciate everything that you guys are doing. So we just want to say we thank you guys for tuning in and uh, checking out the Nick and Matt show. We. Well, I'll say this every week. We kind of started this as a joke, and it's really blown up to points where we had like <laughs> 60 live viewers, and we thought, okay, that's probably what we're going to cap out for at the year. And then one week we had like 550 live viewers, and it was pretty, uh, pretty insane. So we have a pretty sweet guest on tonight. I'm very excited because, spoiler alert, it's another Discraft guy. I love me that Discraft. So. <laughs> I'd say Nick. Or Discraft player. <laughs> I say, yeah. I say Nick. Who should we have on the show? Missy Gannon, Paul Uliberry. Yeah. Who like he's like hey, I was like come whoever on. says yes. <laughs> he's like come on. He's like we've had on Simon. We've had on Big Germ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We had so. Kona. You know, we had all these people. All right, we had Eagle. So the, the we delayed so long already. It's been what six minutes. So we here's have. the segments tonight. And Paul is not a segment. He's going to be a guest. But Paul is going to be on the show, and I can't wait to hear from him. He's had a lot going on, uh, really, over the last few years. Few years, yeah, definitely. But there's a there's so much that we could catch up on. But there, we put out if if you don't know if if you subscribe to us on YouTube, we'd reach out through social media there, and we had our probably our most interactive uh, engagement ever on YouTube through our social post that we did. We said we're having Paul on, and we got the most engagement we've had through YouTube. Nice. Um, so we've we got some responses, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram. So we got some feedback that people would like to know, kind of fell in line with what we thought would be interesting. Yep. Um, so that's our guest tonight. We might get to this topic, but I'm not sure. Who has the strongest team in disc golf? I, See, I think I kind of like this topic. So all right, that's we'll why I think, yeah, I think when we'll we bring Paul in, we'll so do like who, we'll who do has the Paul. strongest team, kind of like a team in of a team yeah. disc craft. Like that's yeah. what we're talking about. We won't make that long, but because it, no, we'll do but, it quickly. Eh, yeah. We'll all fight. We'll go in the ring. Uh, lost on the disc golf course. And this is not about like physically getting lost, although that is an interesting topic. Mm -hmm. How well should courses be marked out showing you where Fair the enough. next hole is? Um, so that, that could be something. And then, but we're really going to be talking about things that people lost on the disc golf course. And I've got a story for you about that. And maybe, maybe the most, uh, costly thing that somebody has lost on the course. Yeah. yeah so, um, and then the disc golf pro tour all-star weekend was just announced. What is that? That we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about it. Cause it sounds sick. And the segment judge that disc golfer is back. I'm so happy that I got to meet with Kent Chapman. So everyone knows he's in the chat board. He is one of our long time from the beginning, very first episode, commenter, subscriber, supporter, super fan. Yeah. He is going to be judged tonight. Heck yeah. Okay. And right as, we, <laughs> right as we got ready to bring in our guest, he just hung up the phone on us. So let's see Did if we, we can get a hold of him again here. We're going to give it a try. Um, okay. So we may, we may have just grabbed him back in. I, I'm not sure, but Nick. Um, we got to avoid legal snags by three... telling people that we are recording them. I just read that at the top. So <laughs> just, all right, Paul, if, 
If you can hear us, Paul, you got to turn your camera back on. Okay, so Nick, we're also doing the 3K oh, uh, giveaway. Okay, so that is still going on. We're only like 200 subscribers away from 3,000. Mm -hmm. And um, let's, let's do this really quickly in about one minute or less. Let's talk about updates in the disc golf world. Give me the first one. Don Shin. Oh, yeah. The uh, world record holder for 100 years, I guess 100 years and older at this point. I don't know. World Flying Disc Federation. Yeah, the World Flying Disc Federation uh, got him at 189 feet, which for 100 years old, I mean, I feel like that's <laughs> beyond I insane, hope I can do that at 100. ESPN2 yeah. Disc Golf premiere has been scheduled November yep. 24th. That's two days before Thanksgiving. It's going to air at 8 p.m. That is prime time. Yeah. That's very cool. Um, Myrtle Beach Open literally hit the quick stats. Who won? Who got second? Chris Dickerson. Got first, averaging, what'd you say, 1056 or 1052? 1052. 1052. And then Paul Euliberry getting second place. And uh, oh, actually tied with, with Austin Hannum, the two Discraft guys. And then uh quick little shout out to Barry Schultz and Austin Turner, tying for fourth place, 23 and par, average rating of 1034. And I'll take the FPO. Katrina Allen takes it down. I was a little surprised. This is no knock on a win, because a win is a win. Mm hmm but it seems low compared to the rest of the season. A 9.53 rating average plus five. It makes me wonder, not if the gameplay was excellent, but if the course was designed for the FPO, as yeah. we see the Disc Golf Pro Tour doing all year. So, yeah. anyways, I actually, yeah, I haven't watched any of the coverage yet, so I don't really know. Um, so, anyway, yeah. shout out to her for winning. Um, and honestly, the payout was significant. Fifteen hundred yeah. for first down there at the Myrtle Beach Open and for, F uh, two, for FPO. Yeah, and two thousand for yeah. MPO. Awesome. Paul and Sullivan wrote a lot of talk about the payouts last week at Myrtle Beach Open. Can you ask Paul his thoughts? I'm curious. Sure. Are We're they good payouts or bad payouts? I think they're good. We're literally bringing okay. Paul in in fifteen seconds. The second place winner, our second place was Holly Finley, and Ellen Wimboom. Uh, good to see her again in a podium finished. All yeah. right. Without further ado, let's go ahead and bring in the man himself uh, uh the the man of the hour yeah. okay the paul, captain for team discraft <laughs> paul uliberry how's it going man hey what's up guys what's I'm up good. dude i'm good <clears throat> so we've got one person in the live chat no i'm kidding <laughs> we've got people <laughs> yeah. we've got people streaming in they're already asking questions they're like what does he think did you hear oh. about the payouts for the myrtle well you were part of it yeah you took second yeah so what did you think? I, I, I noticed. Yeah, I noticed. I thought it was great. I, I wasn't expecting, you know, like when you're, especially after the pro tour, like it seems like the tour kind of takes a hit as far as like if you're playing A tiers, um, for the most part, if it doesn't have that uh, DGPT on it, it's going to be a little lower payout. But it seems similar to, you know, it seems similar to the DGP payouts as far as the top tier, you know, the top four people in each division really got paid out. So I was, I was pleasantly surprised for sure. Awesome. So, yeah, I mean, I, when I looked at it and this is just as an am player, but really invested in the sport, I was, I was impressed. I said, it's not disc golf pro tour. And I didn't expect to see it because it just is. I thought it was decent. Now I know yeah. it's an A tier, but yeah, I agree. But I mean, still though, $2,000 for first place at an A tier, the couple that I've played this year, have been fourteen hundred dollars for first, uh, fifteen hundred dollars for first. So I feel like two thousand is a pretty good amount. I don't really know the field size or anything like that. I did hear that they put in twenty thousand dollars out of cash, but I don't really know payout structures through tournaments. 
that well. Yeah. Except for it pays out 40% and Nick's, yada, yada, yada. Nick doesn't run tournaments. He plays them. No, exactly. <clears throat> so recently, Kevin Jones just won, and we brought you on to talk about his win. No, I'm kidding. We brought you on because we think you're an excellent person to bring on and ask questions about everything that's going on in the disc golf world because you've been around for a long time. But let me do the segue from Kevin Jones because Kevin Jones, in a recent interview, I listened to as many as I can. He compared you to, I think he used the word surprisingly athletic. <laughs> so um, he, he even said, like, I think that you could whoop on him in basketball. So, like, where does your athleticism come from? You've been in disc golf a long time, but what other sports have you dabbled in or you enjoy? Uh, no, I, I grew up playing, you know, really anything. And I think I, I get my athleticism actually from my mom's side of the family for the longest time, you know, growing up, you, you think your dad's like the most athletic person in the world. And then, you know, recently I, I was like playing, my mom started playing disc golf and she's like pretty good, you know, and she's 60 plus years old and she's just like out there shredding. And I'm like, okay, now I know where I got it from. And she has stories of like riding motorcycles when she was a kid and just being super athletic. And so I can credit it to my mom. And then, you know, growing up, I had an older brother who uh, was 10 years older than me. And we would, you know, compete against each other um, all the way, you know, of course, until he moved out and I moved out or whatever. But that 10-year difference, I was always competing against him and – when you're young, it's pretty hard to compete in sports against somebody who's 10 years older than you. Yeah, he might and have so I got kind of good at good at like anything that I really did quick because I wanted to compete with my brother, you know. That's a that's a great point. I have four sons, uh, 10 years old and younger, and I'm noticing that like while my oldest son is good at disc golf, there's no doubt about it. I'm realizing my second oldest is like excelling quicker at a younger age. And I think it's because of what you just said. It's the like, I have to keep up. I have to try to beat my older brother. <clears throat> yeah. So um, how long have you been playing disc golf? I started in 2005. So, I mean, I'm not a mathematician, but I think 17 years or 18 years or something. <laughs> hey, did I just, I saw, I read in a recent, I know, I'm like going through in my head. People are like, like right. it's, everyone probably thinks he's so serious yeah. about it. <laughs> um. <laughs> We're, now we're all just laughing here. So interesting. You started. So if you you started in 2005, it and I just saw a yeah, recent article that the PDGA did. Yeah, 20 years. You guys are all messing up. Um, and 2006 was that when you won? Was that when you won a world championship? And it was a junior world championship. And what division was that at the time? Was that 18 and under? Or what what was that? No, I never won a junior world championship. I won uh, am, the amateur oh. world championship. So I Am-world. won the am worlds yeah in 2005 i'd been playing a couple months and i played the junior world championships in flagstaff which was only a couple hours from where i was i was from and that was my first ever pdga tournament and it's funny because that's at that tournament i actually uh, played with Macbeth, mm-hmm. and it was his first tournament ever as well whoa i don't know and so i played with him i played with Devin owens james conrad was part of that and yeah we had a great group that year and then it was the next year. So I've been playing like two, three months. And then the next year I won the amateur world championships. That's pretty sick, man. I feel like anytime I do this and I have a guest on and I mess up a fact about them, I just want to like take my headphones off and walk away. I don't know why. I think, am I having a brain freeze? Were you recently though? PDGA did interview you about being a junior in the sport, right? Or no? 
Well, I won it. I won it at 18 years old, so that's probably why. Okay. Okay. So I think 19 and under is considered. That's considered junior. junior. Yes. Awesome. Well, I think that's totally cool. So really quick, a funny story. So at the junior junior world championships, I had gotten done and uh, we're all hanging out. My first tournament ever. I had no idea what was going on, and I'm chilling, talking with Macbeth and a few other kids. You know, just. Um, chatting it up and he's like how'd you you know how'd you finish and I'm like I I finished really good I think I got fourth and he's like you didn't get fourth and I'm like no I did I think I got fourth he's like well then you're gonna miss the final nine I had no idea there was an extra nine holes for getting fourth place so I had to run across the park to get to (laughs) my tee time for (laughs) so Macbeth saved me from like missing the whole entire final nine for the junior world championship that's, that's pretty sick <laughs> did you move up at all from fourth place did you move up no i stayed in fourth oh, okay. I, I gave it a good old try nice. but uh those kids were pretty good back yeah. then you know i'd only been playing a couple months do you remember who won it Devin. Devin owen said yeah nice. man that's, that's pretty sick that's saw, a pretty sweet group i, I saw it man like it class is class of disc golfers it is so i've been playing disc golf somewhere in the 13 to 14 year range and so like I'm just going to say it like Yuli, I've known you since I started playing. Like I've known you. I I don't haven't known you, but I've known who you are since I started playing. And I think that is something that is like, and I hope there's no offense when I say this, but like, I think in my head, I think of like you, I think of Avery, I think of Felberg. Like I think of people that for my generation coming in, like that's like the consistent foundational disc golf people that are there. Um, it's just, well, I, now that's a great compliment. Thank you. Yeah. It's just like in my head, it's just, you are that foundation of disc golf to me. Um, so I, I know, I think it was, well, first of all, are you done for tournaments for the year? Are you done? Are you like, what is your off season? I'm never like? done. Okay. Well, well, so yeah, I play where... every weekend almost. I play, I play little tournaments every weekend. I'm playing, uh, eight here this weekend in Spartanburg, North or South Carolina. Yeah. South South Carolina. And uh, that's an A tier. Really great players there. You know, Ricky signed up. Um, Dickerson is signed up. Nico, I think, is signed up. So, uh, Germ. So, we got a nice little stat crowd over there for this weekend. And then after that, I'm playing at least one C tier every weekend until the end of the year. Are you going back to the West Coast for the offseason? Are you staying East I am, Coast? I am, no, I'm going there for Thanksgiving, but I'm, I'm actually looking to um move here to uh charlotte yo no kidding that's sick wow yeah paul has this kind of like (laughs) this cool dream he wants everyone disc golfers to move into uh paul Macbeth wants everyone to kind of move to virginia in his area just buy land and then everyone's just gonna have their own disc golf course on their own property and it's gonna be like a disc golf mecca one day but the carolinas are awesome too it's like it's like people come on our show to tell us they're like lifting up their roots and moving somewhere like simon did right. the same thing he's like i'm looking for a house in massachusetts so <clears throat> i guess we can do that for people so you're not done so do you have what you would consider an off season is your what is your what does it mean for you to have an off season then no absolutely i mean uh i feel like after the u.s is your off season and i have a few you know these last two a tiers of the of the season and then it is um you know, my off season, I, I'll play on the weekends, those small tournaments, but I just do that for branding purposes, mm-hmm. make sure to get like into the grassroots of like the communities and stuff and go play tournaments that other people wouldn't. And, uh, you know, just, you know, just to 
let my face be shown there and show that I'm part of the community, especially, you know, trying to move here to, uh, to North Carolina. I want to make sure that people know that I'm here and, you know, kind of just get in there. Mm -hmm. That's pretty sweet. I like that you still go out and do play those small local events. We were talking beforehand and, uh, I was telling Matt and Paul earlier that I'd seen Uliberry's tweet saying, you know, I don't really care about ratings. I care more about the wins that's next to my name on the PDGA website. And I kind of like that because no matter what you get to a point, I mean, there's never too much tournament experience. You know, even for the small tournaments, your rating may take a hit to it, but, you know, it does feel good to get another win. So, hey, man, nobody's going to ever remember your ratings. Exactly. So hopefully in a few you know, years, they the change pros every won't week, have them. But yeah. No. Yeah. They'll remember they'll remember you coming to their local course mm -hmm. and whipping up the locals, you know, and getting a win on their home course. That that's stuff that people will remember forever. Yeah, exactly. And um, so speaking of your 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 branding or your, who you are, you know, at the grassroots level, um, can I ask, like, first of all, how much have you enjoyed being a commentator with Jomez uh, Productions? And then two, what has that done? Have you noticed anything significant since you've been doing regular commentary? in um the exposure of who you are yeah for sure I, I mean it's been great you know those guys are awesome and i mean that's like really the the number one brand in disc golf you know probably behind Macbeth right now is jomez and so to be a part of that is is really fantastic and you know working with jeremy's been my best bud for a long time i mean that's a blast um as far as it for my branding of course it's done wonders for it you know for people to kind of uh get a little piece of my personality. You know, I, I've heard from other people that I, I seem really serious to a lot of people. If mm -hmm. you've never really like kind of met me and um, I kind of give off an intimidating kind of vibe and that, you know, if you really know me, that's not me in any way. Like I'm a fun person and like to joke around all the time. And um, I was happy to get that and show that in my commentary a little bit uh, tough shoes to feel with Nate Sexton. And so I just tried to, stay away from like you know just make sure that i was just myself and mm -hmm. as soon as i started doing that you know it really started taking off for me have you ever been into because you started vlogging as well this year but have you ever been into kind of doing the video content creation before commentary and before vlogging never no never so no but i'm the type of person who like you know i saw how important that was uh, especially not being able to play tournaments, you know, I've always been able to get, like I said, into those grassroots and go to the community and play tournaments. Like I play, if there's a doubles next to my house, I'll go play that during the week. Like I'm constantly playing and competing. Uh, but when quarantine happened, you know, we weren't able to do that. And so I was missing that, you know, and, uh, you know, seeing Simon and Eagle, you know, Eagle's great at it as well. I think he started doing it before Simon even mm -hmm. did. And to see them and their vlogs really take off and it did wonders for their brand. You know, I, I told myself, like, I'm the type of person where I, I dip my toe in everything, you know, mm -hmm. commentary, competing, whatever it is. Like, I want to be involved. And I don't want to, you know, kind of get left behind with the times. And so that was my first during the quarantine was my first try at it being like, OK, I'm going to give this a go and um, make sure to do it, you know. Mm -hmm. It's it's funny how everyone does vlogs differently. Like it's even like that in the YouTube world of like famous vloggers out in the LA scene is everyone's different. And I think we kind of have that in the disc golf world where you know Yuli's got the down the fairways and it's more tips oriented. He's brought on a couple guests and just really, you know, 
really showing people how to do certain things in disc golf. But then you get a channel like Simon's where it's like, hey, we bought this wheel. You know, let's see how much Casey can get, uh, how much money Casey can get when if he gets a birdie. <laughs> like, it's just crap right. like that. And then Eagle's like, you know, hey, I'm out in Colorado this week. This is how this tournament went. And, you know, it's just, it's kind of cool because I, I love YouTube. You know, I love watching vlogs. I love watching all those kinds of things. And so when you do get to watch multiple different people, especially in the disc golf world, it's, I don't know, it's cool to see. For sure. And so, um, let me let me go to this because we're talking about your brand we're talking about you know the exposure you definitely saw like is there anything practical are you are you getting more messages now are you seeing more comments you just know in general that more eyes are on you through jomez of course again they hit 250,000 subscribers recently um so that's that's meant something for your brand but what is the talk right now about what it might look like when covid is kind of letting up if you will and Nate Sexton's wanting to come back. Has there been any discussion about that, about how maybe you three could be incorporated or are you going to be a backup? What does that look like? Do you have any ideas? No, we're going to get here one second. These dogs opened up my door. That's okay. So <laughs> these dogs opened up his door. So <laughs> I didn't know they had thumbs. What the heck? <laughs> we, we were informed about this. I think um, he's down there with, uh, I think it's the same dogs if I'm not mistaken, down there when Big Germ was on the show. So they, they are just jealous of the, the, the stream. So They want to they be in, yeah. yeah. So, uh, no, we, we've chatted about it for, for sure, and we're going to have a couple meetings in this offseason, and I'm going to be involved for sure. To what capacity, I'm not, I'm not 100% sure, and I wouldn't want to, like, throw anything out there that I don't know. But I do know, you know, um, that they want me involved next year, and, and we'll figure out something for sure. Totally cool. I think um, it's interesting how in the disc golf world, at least in this point in the game, when something happens that is kind of clicks and people are enjoying it, um, how it's like, well, that's how discoveries are made. It's kind of like someone takes a shot and maybe some don't work, but some do. And one of the things that's working from at least from the responses and comments that I see um, is your practice rounds with big germ. Um, right. People are loving that kind of like, how did that come up? Did somebody just like pull something out of a hat? And then the other thing is people want to know, like, how does it feel to always lose to him? <laughs> yeah, no, no. I get that question all the time. And it, you know, it was, uh, I believe one of the, one of their crew members had the idea and then it was kind of in the back of their, their head for a long time. And then finally, again, during quarantine, we had time and um, I believe Vermont was the first one. And we just went out and did it, and it just kind of took off, you know. Uh, Germ and I together, I guess, is pretty entertaining. <laughs> and uh, it was funny. We were playing a we were playing or just a practice round at a local course here, a couple miles from his house. And you know, we're whining and um, you know taking a couple stabs at each other, going through a certain group, and they're like, "Oh, this isn't any different from that practice your practice rounds. Like this is every day." And I looked at him. I'm like, "This has been for." 10 years what are you talking yeah. about like you know i think i think what people like about it is it's genuine they know that we love each other we might not like each other but i love the guy you know no i'm just kidding you know what i'm saying but we're, we're able to you know do the have that kind of relationship that people can relate to with their buddies on the course mm -hmm. you know and because i think mine and germ's personality like the cameras don't take any anything away from yeah oh we just had him freeze up <clears throat> We'll see if we'll see if that keeps okay. happening. 
so while his connection is hopefully coming back, Nick, am I wrong sure. in making an assumption here that it's possible that people like our show because um, you and I are friends for so long and we love each other? I know, right? We might not like each other. No, I'm kidding. And I think Sorry. that's possibility why um, it works out for us. Like, I'm able to tell you my opinions. Yeah. And well, by I, the way, we're not talking over Paul right now. We're trying to get his re reconnected. So I was going to say, I don't think we're talking covering. over Paul. Yeah, we're just covering. We're trying to fill some dead air right now. But um, <laughs> yeah, no, I definitely think if you're going to have a podcast, especially hosting yeah, it with two different people, um, then you definitely need to be able to have that kind of, I don't know, vibe going off of each other. Like you got to have that comfort zone and everything like that. Yeah. Can you guys so, see me? Um, or? Yeah, wait, hold on, Yuli. We can hear you. We can? I just heard him. Oh, oh, yeah, I'm here. Oh, oh I don't know what happened. He's back. Was that you guys or me? I don't know. I don't know well, what happened we, either. You can, you can blame us. I think it was you, but we'll, uh, what, we'll blame what kind me. of production you guys run around here? <laughs> we try to make our guests look as bad as possible and just see how long they'll stick it out. Actually, all right, I was blabbing. Where did you guys lose? Yeah, actually, so, we should we should do a version. We, we should do, we should do a version of Punked. That would be yeah. sweet. No, where you lost us. Uh, we were talking about Big Germ. You love him. You don't like him. Yeah. And I was telling Nick, I feel like that's kind of why our show kind of works because I love Nick, but I don't like him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so, um, so yeah. So the no. point is, those are working out very well. People are loving those. So sure. I, I hope those, at the very least, would continue. No, absolutely. Those are gonna those are gonna happen, and uh, like you said, they kind of took off, and that was great. And uh, we definitely plan on doing one, you know, for the next touring season for sure. Very nice, very nice. Uh, DJ Heck yeah said hello. By the way, he said thanks. Oh, tell him what's up. Thanks for coming to the MBO. You can you can tell him what's That's up. That's it. Be like, I'm just telling you, he's in the room. <laughs> actually, oh, he's, you he, can, he's chatting. Yeah, 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 actually, you might be able to yeah. see it on the screen. That's a new thing we're doing, but. He's a DJ. Uh, he's a DJ. <laughs> he's an Innova ambassador. Um, so wicked nice guy. Let's go back um, a few years. I think it's probably maybe it's a year and a half now. Two years ago, you got injured like during a tournament, and you pulled yourself out for the rest of the season. Do two things for us. Bring us like what? What was that injury? What was that recovery like? And then, do you feel like you're 100 percent this year? Like or the year that just finished? Do you feel like you're back? Okay, so I tore my ACL in Portland. Complete tear and my meniscus and a slight tear of the MCL. So I just wrecked my knee. And I was out for, you know, I had surgery a few months later and I was out for, I think it was six months or something like that. Six months and the recovery process was grueling, terrible. It was awful. But I mean, that's what it is with you ask anybody who tears their ACL. It's just like, takes a lot of work to get back. And to say that I'm a hundred percent would be a complete lie. I'm not a hundred percent, but I can tell you this, my last five tournaments that I've played after Vermont, I think I played five big tournaments after that. My knee hasn't been as bad. So that's good. So I've had, I, in good. the last three tournaments, I've almost had zero pain in it. Um, and that's something that was not happening the whole year. So, mm -hmm. And I remember, I guess, I guess I'm getting better. You know, I'm going to take this off season and really build the muscles around that knee. And I, uh, actually re-injured it at, at the Vermont tournament. Um, and then heard it again at, at Vibram and then had to go get like, a what do you call it? MRI on mm -hmm. it. And they, wow. and they just told me like, Hey, you got old knee and you're, 
pretty much grandpa so there's nothing we can really do about it nice. are you a grandpa when it comes to the disc golf world are you now looking at players who are coming in and being like i'm 15 years older than them 20 years older than them like with uh like kyle klein coming on the scene and things like that no absolutely but the good thing about it is i i feel i feel that like seniority but i'm only 32 years old you know and that's like pretty young still as far as like athletics go and especially golf or disc golf like i feel like i'm i should be in my prime obviously that injury really kind of set me back a bit but i i don't think there's any reason why i can't get better you know the next few years now i do have a little cap like five years i'm thinking and then i'm probably going to start declining but i definitely feel old compared to like the new generation and like you said man i've been around since the Felbergs and the Averys, and that's a generation before even this one yeah. that we have right now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Do you do you feel like there's anything, and if there could be anything, um, do you feel like there's anything good that could have came out of that injury? Like maybe kind of like a mental reset, um, which I know obviously you tore your ACL. It sets you back in your career. I know obviously there's nothing good, but could you find some <laughs> core like silver lining that it was like, okay, that happened. Now I can improve on this or whatever. Uh, a lot of things, a lot of things, patience. I mean, you know, taking something for granted, like just walking or running is, is pretty unreal not to be able to do that for a certain amount of time. Uh, I learned a lot of things. I won't go into them. Some good, <laughs> well, some bad. Yeah. Uh, no, I hear you. But no, I, there was definitely big time life lessons to be learned from that whole process. And, um, to say I'm thankful for it would be a lie. I'm not thankful that I got you know, injured, yeah. but I wouldn't ask you, to you know, that. I try to take, I try to take lessons <laughs> from everything and I, I learned a lot from it for sure. No, that's cool. Cause there's definitely a lot of people where if an injury like that happened, they would just be like, okay, well that's it. Time to find the next Avenue in life and go with that at that point. So for you to be able to bounce back and especially the time that you've done it, even with a couple of scares that you've had, like I remember at GMC, I remember Macbeth was telling me, you know, I think Yuli might've just torn something again, or even at, um, MVP open, it was the same thing. Like, I think Yuli banged up his knee pretty good. It was like, oh my gosh, I can't imagine going out and playing like, you know, my knees aren't great, but <laughs> I've never had that big of a thing happen to them. So I kind of like, like he's saying, I don't take running for granted or walking at this point now. <laughs> All right, Yuli. Yeah. So, so here's where I'm thinking. You've been like, we, we just said it again. You said it again. You're like, we've been around for a while. I think that's people probably think you're older than you are because you've been around so long in the disc golf scene. Um, I think honestly, and I said this earlier, people consider you one of the best disc golf competition wise. If you were to fast forward 10 years from now and nothing was to change, everything was to maintain like what you're doing now and what you have done, would you be satisfied in 10 years? It's the same situation. Would you be satisfied? I did a good job. Well, see, that's the thing. The one thing that I have done in my career is I, I, I believe that there have been times in my career where I worked harder than anybody. And like on, I've, I've gone through different things to where mentally I worked hard and I, I really searched through meditation or books or sports psychologists or anything like that to my physical. I mean, I've had off seasons where I really went after my body to try to be physically better. And I've always been searching and trying to get better. I've never had a time in my life where I was like, all right, I'm done. I'm done trying to get, you know, to improve like it's constantly on my mind if i eat a cookie i think is this going to help me 
you know, mm-hmm. win a world championships. I'm that competitive. And so absolutely not. In 10 years, that's not going to change. I know that I've given it everything that I could possibly give, uh, you know, to be as good as I as I am. And I can take that definitely too. you know, when I'm older to be like, that's the career I had and I earned every single bit of it. Mm-hmm. So that that I think is just awesome. And that kind of speaks to just your confidence in who you are as a player, I think, and a person. And um, you like this segue? <laughs> Speaking yeah. of confidence, yeah, <laughs> uh, I think Coling and others, they, they do attest to your confidence on the course. Mm-hmm. I think as an amateur player, me, and I, I know we have so many other amateur players that listen, and, and I'm sure professionals and, and really good rated players and all that. But can you tell us, like, what does confidence translate practically to you? Like, what is it? Is it literally running through your head? Like you've got this shot. You're there's no way you can miss it. Is it like that? And like, so what is confidence to you practically? Like, what is it? Um, that's a good question. I think it's experience, you know, like confidence is like no knowing who you are, you know, that's one of the things is, is there's a lot of people who just kind of like, you can tell it's a show like, come on, dude, you know, you're not like that confident. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or they they try to get away with it by like trying to act like cocky or something. Yeah. And I've been called cocky in my career, which is fine. But the people who really know me know that I believe it, you know, mm-hmm. part of it is because of the work ethic that I've put into, you know, really anything that I've done. Like if I'm, if I'm playing pool, if I'm playing ping pong, if anything like that, like I'm not going to do it and just kind of half, you know what it, I'm going to give it a hundred percent. And that's, that's my mentality. So I can take confidence into really anything that I do, because I know I'm going to give it everything that I got. You aren't going to see me if you, you wanted to kick rocks as a competition, like I'm going to try to beat you. And I think that's something, you know, and and that's for anything. If I'm going to, you know, try to be a good commentator, like I'm going to give it everything that I got. And I'm going to be confident in that because I know that that's as good as you can do. The one thing that you can do where you lose confidence is not, is not doing that is just dabbling. Like if you do that, then you're going to dabble in just anything in life. And I give it, you know, I feel like I give it a hundred percent and that's where confidence comes from me. You've said in years past that you feel like you've worked harder than anyone else. Um, you did that mentally reading books and stuff like that. How did you work harder in the disc golf world? Like what were some of the things that you did that made you feel like you were working harder than everyone else? Kind of like, what was your routine? Well, one of one of the routines that I had was one year I took gluten completely out of my diet. I took sugar completely out of my diet for an entire year. I didn't drink any alcohol. I was in the gym every single day. I transformed my body. I think I was 155 pounds that, that year. And I just dedicated everything to disc golf. I had a regiment to where I'd wake up at a certain time. I'd go to the field, practice in the field. I'd do putting and then I'd rinse, repeat, go into it the next day. And that was one of my most successful years of playing disc golf. And there's no way that anybody outworked me that year, you know, just because I made sure of it. That was one of my goals is to see like, Hey, if I actually do this, like how good would I be? Mm -hmm. Now there's also been years where I didn't do that and I was just as good. So it's, it's, it's funny how all (laughs) that stuff can work and it's, it's up to you. And I think, again, that's why it comes down to, I've done it. I know, you know, the recipe for myself for success. And you just kind of got to 
get after it and do it, you know. How long have you been able to play disc golf without having to do anything else job-wise? Like, how long has disc golf been your full-time job? I had a job when I was, what was it, 17 for about four months. I was four to six months or something like that. I, w- I worked at a little pizza place for a couple months, and then I worked in landscaping for like four, four to five months, something like that. Other than that, I've never had a different job. Nice. So when I was 17, I had like something like that. And then after that, I disc golf has always been my job. Gotcha. And do you think in your kind of like early years of playing disc golf at that age, did you realize right then and there you wanted to do this full time? You wanted to make this your career? And it like, was that ever kind of like a stressful thing in your head of like, hey, I'm dropping everything that I know and I'm going to go pursue playing disc golf professionally? Oh yeah. Like I said, like I, I do everything, uh, 100%. So I actually had a scholarship to play golf at ASU and I dropped the scholarship and didn't play and went on tour instead. And my parent, my parents were not happy with me. You know, they were like, uh, what are you doing? And I was like, I'm going to be professional disc golfer. What do you mean? So I went out with like, I think like 700 bucks to my name and moved to phoenix and started training in disc golf and then went on tour you know the next year and just went and did it you know that's Man. sick that's so, so cool I, I love hearing stories like that so so how good were you at golf and at what age like were you scratch golfer i was close to scratch golfer so the way that it worked where i was from i was i'm from Cholo, arizona and there was different districts for this particular year for juniors i played in a district oh is nope. that Did us? we lose him again? <laughs> I don't think it's us because we've never had that kind of issue. Okay, well, we don't need right. to blame it on him, Nick. We don't no, need to blame. <laughs> we're going to blame it on him. <laughs> so we'll see what's happening he's here. Definitely, he's but definitely that, still rambling. That's I, the funniest thing is that he's rambling I, right now. What, what I think's interesting is that yeah. I I knew he played golf like friendly I think it was- with people on the Oh, that's funny. Yeah, so we, we got him. Almost. We, he played golf, and I know that he does that with people on tour, like, during, like, breaks in the tour yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And he probably puts up money, and he probably beats them bad. Um, so he's telling us it sounds like he was a junior, and he said there's different divisions, and he was close to it. So we're hearing yeah. him kind of pipe in a little bit here and there. Doc, um, Doc Zen had said uh, the Nick and Macho storms here in North Carolina slash South Carolina. Oh, oh so maybe a, maybe a yeah. storm's in the way. So. If and when he comes back here, we're definitely going to do judge that disc golfer, and he's going to judge one of our super fans who caught up for a round with me. We're gonna, we're gonna <laughs> imagine if Germ is just messing with him. <laughs> Germ's in the other Germ's room, like, like hogging all the, the Wi-Fi. Yeah. yeah, he's like trying That's to chime funny. in. He has our Skype number. He'll call us, and and we'll see what happens here. So we'll let that try to reconnect. Um, so let's do this. We asked him quite a few questions, Nick, mm-hmm. and. And I think it would be interesting for us to, at this point, and if he jumps in, he can join the conversation with us. Wait, is he calling? Yep, so he's calling us, and we'll see if we can get him in. But he can join the conversation with us is the topic of uh, strongest teams in disc. Okay, so we got him back. Oh, we, oh, oh did we lose oh, him? Oh, 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 there we he are. Is. Okay, so I don't know what's going on, man, but that's okay. So just finish up that topic for us on the golf. Like, just wrap that up. You you were good at okay, it. Okay, so, so so there was there's different districts mm-hmm. for for Arizona and I was in a really small district, but I played all the junior events and I I think I placed top three in every single one of them. And then you get a 
once you get top three in all of them, you get a shoe in to go to the state championships where I played really well at. And I got, so I got the scholarship for my district. That's Very insane. Cool. I never knew that actually. Do you, would you consider, cause like, I remember last year in 2019 when we were in Arizona, a bunch of the Discraft people, we all went out to Top Golf, and like Adam Hammes was really good at it. Um, ben Callaway was really good at golf. Callaway, the name Callaway, it must yeah. be. Yeah. Um, but I'm just wondering, like, would you consider yourself one of the better, if not the best, disc golf golfer out there? Oh snap! I mean, that just depends. I, since then, since you know, I was, I don't, I don't know, 17, 18. I I probably have played like once or twice a year. Mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm kind of awful. Like I played the other day and I think I shot over 100, you know, but when I was playing a lot and I was like dedicating my life to it, I was shooting under par. So if yeah. I were to practice like, you know, for three months straight, I I don't think you could probably be. There's a lot of people yeah. that could beat me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think there's a lot of people that could beat me yeah. for the worst. <laughs> yeah, right. No, I like golf. I like top golf. That's a different thing, though. That's that's expensive, but oh, yeah, it's, golf top, is expensive. Top, top golf is wicked fun. So let's do this uh-huh. in transition. We're getting ready to do the judge that disc golfer segment, but before we get to that, can we really talk quickly about? And and this is interesting. You're the team captain for Discraft, correct? Uh-huh. Okay, so I do not know how much you're going to contribute to this, except for one side of this conversation, which is. Who has the strongest team in disc golf? If we were to take, let me kind of encapsulate that. If we were to take the your four, I'm not going to say favorites, in your head, you can keep them in your head because you don't have to say them out loud. <laughs> if you were to take your four players on a team, whether it's Discraft or Innova or Prodigy or MVP or just any of them, right? DD, um, Discmania, you can keep going on and on. Yeah. Um, who has the strongest team? If, if we were to make super teams of each of those sponsored teams, Who's going to win? And I think this would be a really cool, not side event, but kind of like a feature event mm-hmm. for teams to go up by sponsorship. Um, who's Discraft bringing Nick? Uh, I mean, uh, uh, Paul, feel free to speak as much as you want on this. I just don't want to get you okay. in trouble. <laughs> this, this is pretty easy for me. So Discraft has Paul and Paige. Like, who are you going to put up against those two? Yeah. See, I mean, it kind of. Hold on. It, it, hold like, on. I'm, okay. That's that's I'm kind not, of that's kind of what I was thinking about this conversation was. I know we're going to talk about MPO and FPO, but like, hold when on. I'm thinking MPO right now, looking at the full team <laughs> is a lot. But I'm thinking like, all right, if I was to pick two players from MPO and then two players from FPO, that's how like I want to have this conversation. I don't know how you want it to go. Right. I think I think it can be whatever players you want. I think yeah. at a minimum it should be one FPO. But okay, yeah, so we so we could do two. So okay, I was thinking two and two from you each just, company. You just br- and this is going to get really exciting. You just pa- brought up Paul and Paige, but what about like um, let's go Calvin and uh, Evelina. Now that's a that's a battle. And how about like um, Dickerson and Katrina Allen? It, if we're just going to do yeah. single singles match, like come on, this is getting exciting. Over, I mean, those are teams right there. Yeah. Now I know you have, have to say discraft. Competitive for sure. I know you have That's to say. That's what's kind of cool because I'd love to. I'd love to say <laughs> no. Like if you were to take, you know, five discraft players, three men, two FPO players. Let's say you take Macbeth, Eulaberry, and I'll just say Adam Hammes. Those are your three MPO players, and then your FPO players are Paige Pierce and Haley King. And then you have Missy Gannon as the reserve player. Now go to another team, and you know we'll say Prodigy. You got Dickerson Jones. And then who would you place as a third? Kale, maybe? 
then Katrina and Heather Young. Okay. So that's Prodigy's five. Now, if you're going Innova, you'd go Calvin, James, Ricky. No Sexton. Uh, no, I wouldn't put him right now in the competitive scene just because of the way the year. He hasn't played this year really that much. Okay, all right. So I'm saying for right now. So Calvin, Conrad, Ricky with Evelina and Henna, maybe? Sure. I think Henna, I've watched her play. Yeah. She's excellent. Oh, yeah. I'm so, trying to think who else, you know. So those are those are some good matchups. Are we leaving anybody out now? Again, you don't have to say they're the best, Paul. But who are we leaving out for like other competitors? Obviously, Discmania has the Eagle, but the Simon. But, but where's the, the FPO? FPO? Jinx. Exactly. <laughs> who's the FPO in Discmania right now? That's killing it. I hope. Yeah. So I, I mean, we have people on the team that are retired <laughs> and still on the team, like Nate Dawson, Valerie Jenkins. Like we aren't even good pulling, in, pulling people in that like. Okay. Oh, that's such a and good point. Got, and of us got, like, climb on. <laughs> Do they? Oh, oh. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> good point. They got Barry. My boy, Barry Schultz. Oh, by the way, Barry Schultz, yeah. man. He That was yeah, fourth place finish. Can we talk about how somebody's so long in the game as well? Like, old old time, you know, champ and all that, like. Can still compete. That's awesome, yeah. right? Especially. Crazy good. Yeah. He's, when you he's say crazy healthy. good, just. just a, a one two sentence deal like what is it about barry schultz game that's that you stands out to you consistency off the tee mm-hmm. is just out of this world i mean the the way that he throws like rocks and leopards and stuff like he just he really makes courses simple with how straight he can throw i've said this a lot of times like if you can throw straight accurately up to 300 and let's say 80 feet like you can compete on any course on the planet yeah. And that's just what he does. Like he's he's so, so good at at making the game as simple as possible. So Nick, should I stick to my comments then and and just like lace those fairways 280 300 feet just that's, winning. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's like Yuli is saying, you know, 2013 was it the year that Barry got second place right behind Steve Brinser at USDGC? And you're talking yeah. I mean that's 7 years ago, so Barry was yeah, I'm not going to lie. I have no idea how old Barry is, but he was still kind of like one of the OG players. Like he was one of the older guys in this generation of disc golfers right now. And like Paul saying, for someone who can just really throw it 360 to 380 feet, just dead straight, accurate, and who's also a great putter. He competed at what's arguably one of the hardest courses on tour where you think you need a lot of power. He obviously doesn't have that and he still got second place at it. So now he, we just played a skins match this last week uh, at Myrtle Beach. And Barry was a part of the skins match and he took his skin on a hundred and I think it was 189 foot hole. So (laughs) awesome. So (laughs) he took a skin and a CPP. Oh, that's awesome. So what would it take? Yeah. Is you being a team manager? Is that, was that your title team manager? No team captain. Team captain. And is there a team manager at Discraft? Yeah. Bob. Okay. So what would it take? To start companies talking and saying, let's put our top and let's just do like top MPO, FPO, and let's do a little sponsorship. Like they're going to do, we're going to talk about the Disc Golf Pro Tours All-Star Weekend. Mm-hmm. What, would right. it, what would it take? Because that's going to be cool extra coverage. What would it take to be like team by sponsor? That would be pretty cool. I don't know. It would be cool. I don't know what it would take. I think it would just take some money getting put up and a nice production crew to film it. Mm-hmm. All right. I mean, I'm I'll, I'm ready. 
All right, shoot, let's do it. They I mean, honestly, that, 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 could, that could be, yeah, that'd be sick. <laughs> that could be part of like the Joe Mess tour that they were talking about. Yeah. It's like uh-huh. the first event being a match late match between all the disc manufacturing companies. I mean, Paige has uh, how many world titles? Five. Five. Paul has five. Five. And how much does the other teams combined have? Well, Innova has twelve, with one guy. <laughs> if okay, we'll put. I'm just you I'm put him up against I'm, Paul right I'm now. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All Let's right. settle this debate. Let's put Ken Clive <laughs> against Paul McBeth right now. Who's the goat? <laughs> All right, that was excellent discussion. We we are going to jump into the segment, judge that disc golfer, and to all of our live audience, like currently listening right now, not in your car driving, listening the next all morning. All 25,000. Yeah. No, we've got over what do we 200. Have, 17? No, we've got over 200 right now. By the way, Big Germ has the most live views on our show ever, right? It was nope. Big Germ. Simon. Oh, it was Simon the next show. So yep. Big Germ got it, then Simon. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. Let me get the intro up. Um, and we will begin judging. But what I want our live audience to know is you can actually join tonight with an actual polling software. You're going to text uh, a keyword to a phone number and you'll be able to do this live with us. It'll be the first 25 answers get in for each question. So go ahead. Here we go with the introduction to Judge That Disc Golfer. Judge That Disc Golfer, the game show where you judge a disc golfer you've never met. All right, my name is Matt. What's your name? My name is Kent. Kent, are you the guy who comments on our show every week? Pretty much every week, yep, since episode one. Since episode one. Thank you so much for being that guy. <laughs> we I guess need, I'm that guy for something. We, we need that guy, and we appreciate your support so much. So where are you? Uh, where'd you drive from today? I drove from Kennebunkport, Maine. So Maine, and you hit me up and said, can we catch a round? And it worked out. It did work out. And I thought to myself, who better to have than a participant on Judge That Disc Golfer than one of our loyal supporters. So thank you very much. Let's get to know your game a little bit. So first of all, how long have you been playing disc golf? Well, since I've known what the numbers meant, 10 months. Okay, and what numbers are you talking about? The flight numbers. Okay, flight numbers. Before that, I was playing, I played three years with a birdie and a cheetah. Okay, like so twice a summer. Okay, so you've really only been playing really since January. Okay, so about five months or so. Um, so tell us, have you ever competed before? I have. Okay, One. and what division did you play in? Uh, fifty AM. Okay, so amateur fifty plus, and how did you fare at that that tournament? It was Maine States, and I went with no expectations, and I got fourth place. Fourth place. Do you have it? Well, okay, so you competed. I was very happy. You have a PDGA number? I do. Okay, what is your PDGA number? It is 133968. Okay, so kind of recent. Very recent. Okay, and you played main states. Do you have a rating? I do. Okay, what is your player rating? 857. 857. All right, Nick, I'm not sure who our guest is tonight, but let's wish you both luck. Here we go. Kent, you know how this is going to go. I do. How far can you throw a disc? All right, so that's how the game is played. We ask, how far can you throw a disc? And so we I, have to judge this disc golfer. Nick, what are you, what are you thinking? Well, no, no, I was going to say, it'd be kind of funny because he's been on us, you know, since week one. It'd be kind of funny <laughs> if he was like, you know, oh, yeah, I know how the show goes. And so instead of you actually pausing it, 
he just paused himself and stood there for like 30 <laughs> seconds. And then, I don't know, it just would have been funny. No, that is kind of funny. <laughs> so we have some people joining on their computer already. You can see live. And, and this is okay. If you can see this, Paul, it's okay. This is going to be the audience. This is the first week we've done this. This is sweet. They're going to be influencing maybe your decision. But the way we do this, we make Nick go first. He has to guess how far is he going to say he can throw a disc. No one has picked 250 to 275, so that's what I'm going with. Okay. 250. You, well, so, no, I got to pick, pick, I gotta a pick number. one. Uh, 250. Nick is going to answer 250 free, uh, feet for Kent. Uh, Paul, what do you think? This is pretty much an over-under situation here. Uh, what do you can think? I like, can I, like, go into detail? Or yes. Like yes, tell try us. Try to figure it out? Yes, yeah. tell yeah, us what yeah. you're thinking. So, well, the way he was talking at the beginning... He said, yeah, I guess I'm the guy for something. So he's not he's not feeling very confident in the disc golf. <laughs> and he kind of has seen the show before. And so that tells me that maybe he's not really confident. But then as soon as you asked him how far he threw, he got this kind of kind of little grin on his face like he was <laughs> proud of how far he threw. So with all those, I'm going to take those into account. And then he plays MP, or what was it? He said M50, right? Yep. M50. And he took fourth place in Maine, which is pretty solid, which means he, he's good at something. Mm -hmm. Now, by his personality, I'm going to guess that it's not putting. So I think he gets the drives kind of out there. I do. I think he's pushing him out there to... Close to 375 feet. He looked like he was in pretty Whoa. good shape. Okay. You have to Honestly. give your best, give your very best exact answer because if there's a tie, the way that we break tiebreakers on this game is 363 whoever. feet is his max distance. And what did you say, Nick? 250. <laughs> okay. And just for the people listening post later, driving around in their cars, uh, 42% are answering 275 to 300. The rest are kind of all over the board right around that, but most of them are saying uh, no more than 300. So let's go ahead and uh, pull back up um, Kent and let's see what his answer is. And Look at that grin. That's a, <laughs> big, that's a big R grin. <laughs> you got a screenshot and send that to him. That's a great picture. Oh, yeah. So here we go. He can screenshot. Okay. <laughs> Kent, here you go. I hope you're enjoying this. On a good day, I would say a fair number is about 290. 290 oh feet. I just played around with him, and I think he's being very fair. <laughs> okay. Uh, you think it was fair? more or less? I, th I think he's being very fair, like fair as in like, so I can't go out of the way because we got some more questions coming up here, but like he threw, I think he threw multiple shots that were over 300, I think. Mm -hmm. I was impressed. What layout did you play? So he's being fair. White. Nice. <laughs> All right, we lost. <laughs> we we lost Yuli again. Oh no! Did we lose him? For just a minute. No, I'm back. Oh, oh. I got a call. Oh, okay, cool. All right. I think it was Kent calling me, telling me thank you for the compliment. <laughs> no, for sure. All right, here we go. <laughs> let's um, let's get up the next one here. So for those of you who are already in the game. You can stay in the game, I guess. Or if you know the texting information, here it is again. Let me pull up question. So wait, we didn't answer who got that. I it's think technically Nick. I did. All right, it's Nick. Here we go. Question number two. Did you clear hole eight white and land inbounds? 
Okay, so while that's happening, I have to do really quickly. I've got to uh, switch over to the next question. So there you go. People live trying to answer now can live answer. All right, what do you think? Did he clear hole eight? You've been here before, Yuli. So you know hole eight. You know the gold layout specifically. And this year, the drop zone was the white hole. So just to put it in perspective over the water, the, the first drop zone was the white hole. Um, so you are up first, Yuli. Did he clear hole eight's pond from the white layout? You said he threw multiple shots over 300 feet. <laughs> he <laughs> so might, he, yes. Matt might be lying. No, I'm not lying. There's no, there's no way. If this guy's only throwing 290 feet, there's no way he cleared inbounds. I don't know. He's got me, he's got me <laughs> all perplexed. <laughs> So I think he cleared it and went out of bounds right. Ooh, so that ooh, is okay. so the que the question does look kind of tricky. Yeah. Did Kent clear hole eight and land in bounds? Yeah. So um, so what's your final answer? Did he did he clear hole eight and land in bounds, Yuli? Yes. All right. Yuli says yes. Now All right. I, I didn't say this for the rules, but you can guess the same yeah. on a question where it's either one or the other. But I'm not going. You to. can guess the same. No offense, Kent, but I think he threw it short this time, overestimate or underestimated it, and I think he threw it OB short. So I'm going to go with a no. And uh, just so people can know what our live audience is saying, the percentage right now is 60% saying no, 40%, which would be the other. Yeah, rough, rough audience. Yeah, it says See, yes. I think that my guy, Kent, is just phenomenal. <laughs> All right, here we, here we go. Did he do it? Let's see where the point goes. Here we go. I did. Awesome. Okay. All did right. Did he actually, though? Did he? So I, there is a video out there to prove it, because when you step up to that hole for the first time, you want a video of it. And yes, he did clear it. And you were close, Yuli. He cleared it long and off to the right. It just didn't go out of bounds. So it was you were you were pretty judgeful. Uh, judgeful. <laughs> you were pretty accurate yeah. in your judgment. <clears throat> All Thank right. you. All right, so let me go ahead and get the next question, and then I will open up the polling for question number three. So we are tied up right now. Here comes question. I love this polling. This is great. Yeah, this it's actually fun. sick. This is the first week we've done it. Matt's done a ton of <laughs> impressive things this week. Oh, Nick, I love you. That's insane. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here we go. Question number three. All right, Kent, you just played a round of disc golf with me. This is probably the first time you've ever seen me play. First time here. Okay, so I'm gonna put you on the spot to do something we've never done before. Okay. I want you to judge my game, one through 10, one being not good at all, with 10 being top pro. You have to give a number for my game. And Nick, I don't care what you think, you have to guess what Kent says. <laughs> Okay, so we have never done this before, and you don't technically have to know my game. You have to kind of know Kent's game, which you kind of do a little bit. What is he going to think about my game um, when we're out there playing? He's only been playing 10 months. I've been playing 13 years. And What's your rating? I don't know. Nine for, 940s. Uh, Nine, how many wins do you have? Is that I have one, I I have yeah. one advanced <laughs> men's win, one, in all those years, and I'm like 940 rated. But the one win I do have is at Maple Hill. I'm pretty proud of that. That was that was I was happy about that. So Nick is going to be the first to guess on this one. Let me open up the polling. Hold on a second, because 
Uh, I think that would be cool to get the polling up again. I got to reopen it. Okay. So the questions are back up. If you're if you're into that thing, uh, go ahead and do that. They're coming in here. Let me switch it over. All right, Nick, you're up. So I got to think how Kent rated your game right after you guys played around. Oh, man. Everyone's choosing right now yeah. live. Like, what? what does this he rate is, my game? Now, it's, yeah. not, it's not necessarily what my game is. Maybe I yeah. played a bad round. And I actually, was going to say, I, I'm, Matt, you might have played a bad round. I'm going <sighs> to go with... Uh, so do you want do you want that? I'll give you guys a little tip. No, 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 no. What I no played tip. No tip. par for whites. Do you want to know what I played for par on whites? So that'll help you and maybe no, 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 no. no, no. no. After right. that's you, you tell us after. Yeah, okay. exactly. Uh I think you went with the five percent, you went D. You you averaged a four rating that round. <laughs> four, I don't know. Yeah. I'm just I'm just saying you 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 had a bad <laughs> round. I don't know what to tell you. I didn't Kent, say Kent, what my round was. Kent, Kent was like a nine Kent, and you were down there with Kent, a four. Kent seems like a nice guy, you know, and he was already kind of giggling about it. And I think it's going to be, I think he's going to give you a nice little number with a six. Okay. So you, well, the over under here, it's whoever's closest. So in this situation, you just have to, yeah, you probably have a wider win range here. So let's see what happens. Uh, let me go ahead. Oh, by the way, the audience right now, 43%, which is the greatest percentage, is saying seven. 35% is saying six. So that's Man, our the largest. The audience really likes you. That is our. Per- yeah. No, they're, answer- <laughs> they're answering what Kent is going to yeah, say. No. Okay. Compared to Kent. <laughs> I just want to see if Kent's a savage. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> He's like two. So, all right. Let's see what happens. Seven and a half. Oh. <laughs> oh. I think don't hate me. I think that was extremely <laughs> generous after today's round. Don't hate very me. Very generous. That means yeah. that's very thank you. Yeah. Matt, thank you're about you. to go on. Now tour. tell us how you really feel. <laughs> 4.6 now. Okay. <laughs> 4.6. So so that Come was on. the joke. His real answer was seven and a half, which if I had to rate myself just to give you guys an idea about how I feel about that rating. After that round, I was feeling like it was borderline five and a half. I I was just nice. not good. It was, I was like, yeah, yeah. I I run a talk show, like I talk about disc golf. <laughs> <laughs> so that's funny. That one that that got me laughing pretty good. All right, yeah, that is that's <laughs> that's a, at the end of that. <laughs> Do you remember what you shot though? Uh, it was if par is fifty six, six. It's just two par fours. Technically, I know par. It's hole ten plays up the hill. You shot. Let's guess what he shot. I shot. Well, actually, hold on. Yeah, I can tell you what I shot. There is a tiebreaker question I have for this round to ask what he shot, but we're not to that. We don't need it. I think I shot four or five over five over. I think so. It was just not good. I started out really poor, and then I shot a double OB on hole eighteen, which you know, hole eighteen maple. That was stupid. Okay. (laughs) All right. So here we go. Let me um. Actually, let me go ahead and open up the poll before I answer the question this time, so that way we can get a little head start on it. All right. So the question. So I'm up two. I'm up two on yeah. the questions. Yes, you Wait, are. Is it two to one? It is two to one. Yeah. Two to one, buddy. All right. Question number four. If you were to pick unfavorable weather conditions for your next tournament round, now coming from Maine, we know you have experience with snow. Although you've only been playing five months, but tell us. Ten, ten months. Ten months. Oh, ten months. <laughs> tell us, would you rather have moderate to kind of heavy rain? We're talking significant. 
snowing with, let's say, six inches of snow on the ground while it's snowing. So that's pretty consistent with heavy to moderate. And or a windy, let's say, 20 miles an hour at least gusting into the 30s. What are you going to choose for your unfavorable tournament weather conditions? Okay, so we kind of lost the connection there with uh, Julie again, but we can start the judgments here, and I can start pulling up the uh, live polling so we can see what that looks like. So right now, the audience, Nick, right now, the audience is saying... uh, Oh, he's back. He's back. So All right, he's back. So the audience right now is saying what? Like 70% are saying snow, but the rain is bumping up to 38. Wind is catching up pretty quick. Wow, this live polling is yeah. extremely it's cool. It's really fun, actually. Okay, so Yuli. Yeah, it is Yuli's answer first. What? So if you heard that, what unfavorable weather is he going to choose? And we kind of defined each of them. We said wind is 20 miles an hour, gusting to 30. Rain is moderate to heavy. And snow is snowing, but it already has six inches on the ground. So, like, his next tournament round, what's his He's going to say wind for sure. Wind. All right. What would what would you choose before Nick answers? What would you choose for your your weather? Yuli. Wind, wind, yeah. All right. Yeah, nobody wants to play in snow or rain. <laughs> All right. I watched GBO. I don't know how many people actually enjoyed that either. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, exactly. All right. So that's why I Nick, you're up. What are uh, you choosing? Snow. The majority here in live. I, I really want to pick wind, but at the same time, I don't want to. Go with the same answer. I so. think the live audience is totally swaying Nick on this one to choose snow. That's a, it's a, what is it? It's, it's hidden behind my little icon there. It's probably like, I mean, he's from Maine, so he probably plays in the snow all the time. Yeah. But 50% that's snow. why I'm thinking he, he's going to want to just change it up, you know, a bit. All right. Well, let me, pull, he's a Mainer. They pull, love the snow. Pull down the pole and get the answer. Here we go. I knew this one was coming. This is an easy one for me. I'll take rain all day long. I'm from Northern California. It rains all the time, so I'll take rain. See, I didn't know he was from NorCal. He said he was from Northern California, and he's moved back and forth, I guess, a few times, and so I guess for him it's rain that he chooses. So, all right, next up on the board. So that's still your up two to one. This is the last question. If Nick gets it and you don't, it's a tie. We have a tiebreaker. Otherwise, it's going to be a Yuli win. Let's see how this plays out. Question number five. Wait, can you how pause many quick? aces do you have? Okay, we asked how many aces does he have? I I just want to say something really quick. It's funny how you said, let's see how this plays out. Because that's like Yuli's catchphrase in the oh. uh, Joe Mez commentaries. Let's see how this plays out. So, <laughs> it's one of those slips, man. It's like a Freudian slip. All right, so let's see how this plays out. All right, so the polls are coming in like crazy right now. It's heavy on the lower than three or less, but uh, Yuli, it's not Yuli. It's actually Nick who has to guess how many aces. How many aces? Now, the options for the live polling I have up there are zero to 10. Obviously, I, I could have If he has higher, more than but... 10 in 10 months, I'm going to be very surprised. That's kind of why I stopped. Exactly. But... I'm going to go with B. He has one ace. One ace. This is it. A... I always give the tip to our guest. This is an over-under game here. <laughs> he so. could say two. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, here's what you guys got to know about me is I am insanely competitive <laughs> and I don't like to lose at anything. Like I said, so I'm going to go with B one. Oh, no. <laughs> 
<laughs> you cheater. Wait, that just means if I get it right, so does he. So okay. no matter what, no, I can't no, no. win. All right, let's change this. I, I didn't. I have to give the disclaimer. I have to give the disclaimer. This this no, question you can't no do that. This question no you cannot way. do that. Only on the yeah, on. only when there's two options. If there's two options, you can do that. All right, go oh, ahead and pick. Funny. Make a pick. That was actually so smart. B. I gotta hand that to you. You're wait. So what did Nick choose? I took. I said B one. And what do you choose? Oh, How one. many aces? I'll, I'll, I'll choose C. All right, so yeah. you're choosing two aces. All right, which was the second. I, he said answer. he turned it over on hole eight, which means he might have even given it a bid there. I'm thinking this guy's ace running all the time. All right, live audience <laughs> is saying 48% zero, um, 19% one, 24% two, and then it drops off. There's one person I think that says ten. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so um, let's go ahead and uh, see what he answers, and let's see what happens to the victory or the tie. Three. Three wow. aces. It's a nine-hole putting course by my house, but they are legit aces. Good for him. All right, Kent. Again, we appreciate your support so much. Today was truly fun. It was a blast. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you. Have a good day. Hey, was that Nate Perkins behind him running by the camera? Oh, like him. <laughs> was that Nate Perkins? <laughs> <Imagine>. <laughs> That'd be pretty funny. Um, so I had a lot of fun during like MVP and stuff like finding guests, get try to create content for future episodes. And I think it would be funny to do one like that where like somebody walks up in the background. Like, I don't know. We'll just figure wait. out something. We'll figure it year. out for next year. Yeah. Okay. So we just, uh, Nick, tell, tell our guest. You and the many other guests that have beat me on the show. Uh, next time I see you and we have time to hang out and everything like that, I will happily buy you lunch. <laughs> because. Thank you. Everyone wow, that wins gets wow. lunch. So, so in our, I don't even know we were putting lunch up. Oh, yeah. No, we'll see. I just wanted to see if you would take something a little bit casual. <laughs> you know, there was no, you know, no bets on or anything like that. But no, you still beat me. I think your last answer was the funniest, where no matter what, Nick cannot win if I check B. So. <laughs> Um, that was so smart. Awesome job, Yuli. You join a very um, celebrity list of winners who have beaten out Nick. I think we've had, out of 23 episodes, Nick's won how many? Three. Three? I think maybe now, maybe two. <laughs> two or three. Yeah. Yeah, I beat Big Germ, though, didn't I? Was the episode with Big Germ the one where I was like nailing everything perfectly? I think so. That was one of your wins. So that Big episode Germ. with Big Germ, I, I smacked him. Actually. So you can tell Big Germ you, you nice. beat out Nick. All right, yeah. so... In in closing out here, um, Nick usually does this, but I'm going to steal it. Do you want to go ahead and give any shout outs to anything you've got going on? Anything you'd like to promote like that's going to benefit you or your sponsors that you'd like to let us know about? Oh, I appreciate that. No, I got, uh, you know, whenever you can buy a Yuli Raptor signature series from Discraft, that helps me. But honestly, if you can buy any of the team's signature discs or really anybody's team's signature discs, that goes a long ways in keeping every, all the top pros on tour and finding your favorite um, touring pro. So always do that. And, uh, you know, check out my YouTube channel. Uh, you can just look it up by by Paul Uliberry. And I have a great um, series called Down the, Down the Fairway where I give little tips and I have guests on and stuff. And look for this offseason. I'm going to be putting more content. And I have a really great idea. I'm not going to say what it is yet, but I have another – kind of segment coming on there that um i'm hoping will gain a little traction and become super popular so keep an eye on my youtube channel and thank you guys for having me Heck on yeah. obviously i mean this has been awesome and um i definitely have seen multiple episodes with you guys and it's and you guys always have a blast and i appreciate that 
Well, this has been a very fun episode on my part. I think I, I meant to say this earlier, but um, for some odd reason <laughs> lately, Jomez has done all these like memes of the week things found, and Yuli is always getting thrown in memes of the week. And one of the funniest ones was when he's lining up a forehand and they have the song Smack That from Akon playing. <laughs> that one has me yeah. down. But then I think the most recent one, was uh, it was something was saying like to try to build up your self confidence like talk to yourself and Yuli sit there and he's like follow through idiot it just like <laughs> it had me I'm like red in the face now from it but Nick when I first saw that so hard oh, right when I first saw that in Jomas I, I almost crashed my work truck because I was looking at it like, no no you weren't <laughs> driving and looking at your memes oh I can't say that well, to the safety you... guy okay. Uh, Hannah, Hannah McBeth said hello, but oh, tell her hi. No, the funny part about that is I had a hole down the fairways thing about like self talk and how you should talk to yourself. Like glad that it has me on there to be like total goofball, you know? Oh, that's just like follow through, you idiot. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry if I'm being so annoying in the mic right now, but like certain things, it's good. Have just had me dying, and like especially when it's something that funny. funny. And then I have Yuli on the show, and he's just like, because I've known Yuli. Uh, you want to know one of the most savage moments in Yuli, and I got to keep him on for another, like, Speaking two, of two savage, minutes, did because... you hear? Savage Ultimate is no longer Savage Ultimate. They're VII Ultimate now. Oh, okay. It's, it, it's they feel like Savage is related to something. Uh, Sweet. Gotcha. Political. Oh, oh all right. <laughs> okay, anyway. Anyways, so we're up at D-Glow this year, okay? And I just flown into town. And so... Paul and I, I teed off at 12.15, and Yuli teed off at 12 o'clock. And so we're on our way to the course. We're driving in my car, and uh, we're talking about, you know, he does off-season uh, training with people. He, he gives lessons for X amount of dollars per hour. And I'm like, dude, that's so cool. Like, that's really awesome that you're able to do that. And I'm telling him how I struggle with, you know, getting big distance and consistency and pretty much all-around disc golf I struggle with. And we're kind of joking around. So he's like, okay, well, after the round, you know, we'll go over to the field really quick and we'll, you know, I'll have you throw a couple drives. So after the round rolls around and Yuli and I are talking. And so he's like, all right, take one of your drivers and kind of like throw it at the ground, you know, because there was, <laughs> there was the road right in front of us. So he's like, just throw it hard, pretty much at the ground. And so I take my driver and I, I rip it, you know, full speed, rip it and everything. And Yuli was like, no, seriously, like actually throw it hard, dude. And I was like, I, I did. <laughs> he was like, no, 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 no. Hold on. Like grab another disc and, and do it again. And at this point, AB, Anthony Barella has walked up and he's kind of laughing because AB knows my game. And uh, so Yuli's like, dude, just throw another disc. So I throw another one at the ground and it's even slower than the last one. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up. It's just like, bro, you are so slow. <laughs> like. <laughs> It was just uh, making the, me laugh. The most God's honest truth, and uh, we luckily, you know, I'm a pretty, you know, cool guy when it uh, comes to that kind of stuff. But I was just dying laughing because it's so true. And so he's like, "Look, this is how I do it," and he's like, "You can be smooth." And then he shows me this nice smooth shot, and he's like, "But then you got to be explosive," and he shows me this explosive shot, and I'm like, "What's it like to be able to do that?" just he literally just straight up looked at me and he was just like dude you are so slow and i was like (laughs) i know that's that's literally why i'm about to pay you 200 dollars to teach me how to throw a disc (laughs) just kidding all right 
So oh. with that, we did have a good time tonight. I, or at least we did, like Nick oh, and Matt. I did. And I, we had fabulous time with you on here. I think that uh, we'll definitely have to have you back on again if you if you'd like to. We'll schedule at some point. I love it. Yeah, definitely have me back. And uh, I had a blast as well. This was hilarious. Next <laughs> next time we'll have better internet. So uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll make Until- sure that you don't cut out. We'll make sure on our end that you never cut out again. Yeah, guys, come on. Jeez. Well, go, yeah. go oh, watch I got to blame Matt. Matt's the tech guy. I no. just come here and smile. Go watch the the big germ episode. And he does remember that like mannequin freeze. He's just like <laughs> yeah, smiling. Because yeah. <laughs> his internet, it's the, well, oh, it's the same yeah. internet, actually. His internet like froze up and he's just like smiling like a, yeah. like a super funny. Okay. That's anyways. what's happening here, probably. <laughs> anyways, well, tell him. Um, tell, hey, yeah. hey, tell Kent, we need to get that drive over 360 or whatever I said, man. You kind of. I mean, I guess the rest of the game, but I think we can do a little work. Yeah, I agree. Maybe we could get quicker than Nick. <laughs> I hope. Well, can, yeah, I would hope at this point. Can, I'm a lost cause. I all think. right. Totally appreciate it. Have a great night, and um, we'll we'll catch you around, man. Take it easy, Yuli. Later. All right. Later, guys. Right. Peace out, brother. Thanks again. All right. So I gotta say, I don't I don't think I've laughed that much in an episode, and for some odd reason, like I said, when Yuli's memes have come out recently. They've just they've they've had me dying. So uh everyone, that was Paul Uliberry, Team Discraft Captain. Um shared a lot of cool insight about his off season tournaments and everything like that. Um yeah, I thought it was a blast. <laughs> so someone's saying we didn't let him get his sponsors in. I feel like we gave him an opportunity. I think we got carried away. Um, yeah, go I check kinda, out yeah. he said where to find him on YouTube, Instagram, all those places. He'll post it there. So, Nick, you got somewhere to go tonight, but let's get in our final segments here, which is... Well, so I, w- I was going to say that, actually, if Yuli wanted to stay on. But um, anyways, I actually, like I said, change of work plans. I So I don't have kind of a time restraint tonight now. Yeah, so we can do our four-hour episode. But uh, originally, guys, I was supposed to, I was supposed to drive out to uh, northern Boston, Mass, tomorrow. So I would have had to been up early. But I was supposed to go to my workshop after this and go pick up one of my work trucks. But that whole plan kind of went out the window like I figured it would. So now Matt and I are going to be able to talk more to everyone. Okay, so (laughs) someone's saying let's make this a Joe Rogan length podcast. I think let's actually make this a Smashbox length podcast. How how long are Smashbox? Smashbox made it to like, they've made it up to I think four hours. No. It's like three and a half, three hours on regular. I'd have to, the only time I could do that is if like, we had guests, like two different guests with us. Like, I really yeah. want to, I think this wintertime we're going to have a great episode with Simon and Casey. I think that's going to be so really here's cool how I think when we can get that going. Anybody listening in right now, here's how I think that would go if we ever do a longer show. We will actually do an intermission and, like, take a break, yeah. restart a new stream. Okay, so real quick before we transition into the next segment, which is Lost on the Disc Golf Course, and then we're going to talk about the Disc Golf Pro Tour mm-hmm. All-Star Weekend and what that looks like. Before we get into that, um, I... I People seemed, after our last conversation at the end of our last show, a little confused about what we are doing going forward, like, for the rest of the season. So let me be clear. We don't fully know, as in, like, we don't have any, like, changes, like, that are imminent in our head. But we're just giving everybody a heads up that the offseason will probably, at times, look different. There may be breaks. There may be three-week breaks. But the idea is we're we're not just going to, like, disappear. Like, we're going to let you know what's happening. And unless you hear from us, then assume it's normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but so let's go ahead, Nick, let's jump into this topic. So let me tell you a story and you may or may not be interested in this story, but I met Kent at the course. Mm-hmm. First of all, 
can I just say from a perspective of somebody like anybody wanting to reach out and like who's never met you before and like wanting to get in a round of disc golf with you one that's cool for the disc golf community that you can just do that and two it's like because we started the Nick and Matt show like I would not have had a chance to meet Kent unless why well, would have had a ch- I would have had a chance to meet him but I yeah. wouldn't have known like you know what but I mean But would he have known would we have known him no. would he have known you So because kind of, situation? of yeah because of the Nick yeah. and Matt show he reached out and um so we ended up um getting in around at Maple Hill. So we meet up and we start playing and I think he's been playing 10 months. He seems to me and I've played with a lot of people who are new. Mm-hmm. He seems to me like he has been playing longer in the sense of how his game plays out. Yeah. And I'm not just saying that because he's in the chat room right now. <laughs> I actually <laughs> how, mean that. Yeah, how did he shoot? So, do you remember? I know the scores got flopped on one hole. Like he messaged me later. He's like, I gave me a two and you a four on a hole. And so, and but split, I think, yeah. I think he ended up shooting like uh 60, let's say it was a 66 maybe okay. on whites, yeah. which for playing 10 months, 66 on whites. Yeah. That's especially cause it's kind of littered with OB in a lot of areas. That's only like, what is that? Eight or nine over eight. Anyways, yeah. that's, I was impressed. That's okay. Sweet. So, uh, he he throws, you know, like sometimes he'll throw like a, a lighter, like road runner, like so his game is still like very like early. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so let me get to the story. So we make it out to hole eight, all right, and this is where we asked if he cleared it, and he stood on the tee pad for a little while, like I don't know if I can clear it, mm-hmm. like I should probably just consider that there's no water here. I should consider. I'm like just yeah. pretend it's grass, exactly. Okay, like it doesn't. He's like, yeah, it's only two fifty to clear. I'm like, I know, man. Just pretend it's grass. Just throw your shot. And um, so he stays there for a little bit. There's two people standing over on the red tee pad. Now, if you've ever been here before, red tee pad, if you watch the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship at Maple. Mm-hmm. Um, not the championship. Disc the Golf MVP Pro Tour. Yep, MVP Open. If you drop zoned two times in a row on hole eight, which was clearing the water, mm-hmm. eventually you made it to the short, short drop zone, which is like a jump putt around a tree kind of deal. Mm-hmm. That two people were waiting over there. Okay. They were waiting over there. Um, and we're like, you can throw through, like, go ahead. Like they're on the red. That's also the red tee pad. And so he stands there. Now he's that pressure. He's like, people are waiting for me yeah. on the, and like, I don't know about clearing this. Yeah. So I say, you got this. I pull out a camera. I video him. He clears it after waiting, you know, a few minutes, clears it long, a little bit, right. He's like, wow, I cleared that a lot further than I thought I would. Cool. They like, they're clapping for him on the next tee pad. See, you can do it. And it's just, Two things here. The disc golf community is super cool. Like, they're just mm-hmm. like, awesome job, Kent. Like, they don't even know him. Yeah. So it was like a boyfriend-girlfriend couple over there. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we play through, and we get up eventually to, like, hole 10, okay? And we're – he sees the castle hole. That's what we call it, the castle hole. You know, the wood yeah. elevated hole 10. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, I'm like, you got to play that hole. But we're playing whites, which doesn't go there. So we play two holes there. Oh, nice. <laughs> and – we're on one of the fairways, and this girl that let us play through earlier comes, like, running. She's, like, out of breath. She comes running all the way up, and she's like, Kenton. <laughs> and he's like, uh, like, that's not good. Like, how does yeah. she know my, my whole, whole name, right? Yeah. Like, nobody calls me Kenton. My name's Kent. And she holds up a wallet, and she found his wallet. Like, and this is fall in New England, so leaves are everywhere. Like, everywhere. Like, thick blanket of leaves. And, um... What's the worst thing, just to our chat room now, like, what's the worst thing you've ever lost on the disc golf course? So she comes up and she has his wallet and he's like, oh my goodness. Like, 
I don't even know where to begin to say thank you because that's massive. Like yeah. I just traveled from Maine to come here. Like that's massive credit cards, everything. Yeah. So he pulls out a $10 bill, just hands it to her. Like here, have, have money. Please. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Like this is the worst, like the least I can do. She's like, no. And anyway, she takes it, walks, starts walking away. Her boyfriend catches up eventually. And he walks back to his bag. Kenton, Kent, <laughs> Kenton, Kent walks back to his bag. And he's like, oh, see this side pocket on my bag. It unzips and the wallet falls out. And I'm and I'm thinking, yeah, that's pretty unfortunate. And he goes, maybe I should check and see if my keys are in there still. He looks oh, no. in the sides and I'm just getting the sinking feeling. I'm yeah. like, what do you mean? Should we look and see if the keys yeah, right. are in there? <clears throat> so he feels around, Nick, and there are no keys in the bag. This is at Maple Hill oh, blanket God. of leaves. We're on hole 10. Yeah. Who knows where it is? So I immediately, he immediately goes, like, the day's over until we find that. Like, mm -hmm. we're done. Yeah. <laughs> like, the round's over. Yeah. And so we just, like, we go up to her again. We're like, we're so sorry, but, like, is there any way you can walk us back to, like, where the wallet was? Because maybe it's even nearby. Mm -hmm. So she's like, yeah. She's just, like, amazing. She just, like, takes off running. And we're, like, following her all the way back. Hole 10 to hole, it, she, well, I said it was hole 9. But you know hole 9 plays over the yeah. hill. It's a long walk, yeah, yeah. whatever. So she's up there looking around. We're looking around. And wouldn't you know, right near the basket of hole nine, that keys are sitting underneath the basket. Now, I think that's amazingly lucky. Yeah. Like, amazing. Like, again, leaves six inches deep. Like, to find the keys that quick. He's like, I don't really care how the rest of the day goes. Now, the round, I don't care. I can yeah, bogey everything. Exactly. I'm happy. <clears throat> and so Holy cow. it made me wonder. And I told him right in the moment, I said, we're going to talk about this on the show. It made me wonder immediately, what is the most costly thing that anybody has ever left or lost mm -hmm. on a course? So have you ever lost anything on so, a disc golf course, Nick? I technically did, but then didn't at the same time. So when we were up at Deglo earlier this year, um, I was warming up for my round and I had to run back to my car. I think I had to go grab a mini. And so I put my keys after coming back from my car, I went to grab my putters and kind of threw my keys in the top putter pocket where I have a bunch of my discs. And I think when I threw on my bag to go over to my tee time, the keys just flung off and I totally didn't realize it. So they're around the practice area. So I play the round to go on and on and on. And Nate Perkins, Trevor Harbolt are on my card. We're all hanging out, having a good time. And then I get up to hole 18. I kind of wait around for a bit. And then Yuli and I are discussing how slow my throw is. And then Paul McBeth finishes his round. Brody finishes his round. They come over and we want to all leave at the same time, go get food. And so I'm like, okay, you guys can come with me. And I go to open up my bag and my keys aren't there. So I'm like, oh crap, like this really sucks. And those are my work keys as well. Like they have my shop key on it, um, different keys to like my gym key and everything like that. And uh, sorry, some comment just made me laugh. <laughs> So, um, anyways, luckily though, I brought both my sets of keys when I drove to Michigan. So one of my sets of keys was in my suitcase at Bob's house, which was like 30 minutes away. But, um, so we're looking around Terry Miller ends up actually saying on Smashbox, he was like, Hey, by the way, everyone, Nick Carl lost his keys. So if you find them, like, you know, bring them to tournament central, whatever. <laughs> and it turns out that Nate Perkins had found them in the practice area before we even started the round, had no idea whose keys they were. So we played the whole round together, me not knowing that I lost my keys. I get up to the round, and I, now I don't, you know, obviously don't know that he has them. <laughs> but then, so I'm going around, and apparently he went over and was trying to, like, unlock the cars, like, find out where the lights were. And uh, he put them on my tire. And so when I said that, they're like, yo, 
Nate Perkins put your keys on your tire. And I was like, I just played a whole freaking round with them. Are you kidding me? I don't that know. is actually really, that's really yeah. funny. You're so. like, I can't find my key. Yeah, that's yeah. really funny. Now, luckily, uh, that would have sucked to lose those, but so let's. So that was that was an experience he had, and he was super excited. And, and let me just kind of wrap up the story, and then we'll talk about things other people have lost. Um, we make it back to hole eighteen. I ask him to be judged at disc golf, or we do it. I'm getting in my vehicle to leave. He's going to get in his. I I parked in separate parking lots at Maple Hill, and mm-hmm. he comes running over to my vehicle, and I'm like, now what? Oh god! <laughs> he comes running yeah. over, and he's like, go check this out. He's like, my truck is filled with balloons, and like chalk paint on the windows like we love you congratulations your first time at maple hill and he's like i live in maine he's like my family drove down from maine to fill up my truck with balloons and they and they moved his truck so he couldn't find his truck after losing his wallet and his keys he gets back and he's like where's my truck yeah (laughs) and i'm like no you didn't lose your truck too so it was filled with balloons. And like, so then I come over and I'm like looking at it. And I'm like, this is really cool. Um, we look around the corner and we can see like, I think it was his wife and one of his daughters. They're like with their cameras out the window, like zooming in with their cell phones, like Snapchatting them. And they're like, we don't know anything. And they're like driving away, honking their horns. It was so cool. That's actually awesome. It was so cool. So like, that's the wrap of that. Very cool story. But so I wrote on a Facebook group and I said, what is the most costly thing or what's, what have you lost on the disc golf course? And so here are some of them. One of the answers was money and a bet. Uh, $100 in a day. Has anybody, you know, listening live or listening um, later, just think about this. What's the most money you've ever lost in a day? Um, my tournament entry fee. I don't think I play very many bets with my money. I don't know. $100. That's a significant bet. $100 round. Like you going up versus yeah. somebody. I don't know if I, I don't think I've ever done a $100 round. I did a double or nothing round earlier this year that I lost. So I lost 40 bucks that day. Okay. So cash was one thing. Discs. Some somebody said three first run lunas they've lost on the course. That's that's about a hundred bucks right there. C E Leopards, 2015 Sexton Firebirds. Like that's unfortunate. That's so funny. Right when you said that, Scott's Toss commented, does a 2015 Sexton Firebird count? <laughs> that's really funny. So um then here were some where people started saying my, as in like the pre yeah. the pref- the preface was my. They said they've lost their game. So my game, my mind, my marriage. My, dig- oh, hold on. my dignity, <laughs> my marriage, dude. So people are like, this is what they've lost. Now, whether or not they've lost their marriage, I can tell you that it actually did put a strain on my marriage in the beginning. Oh, okay. All right. No, th- I didn't answer yeah. that. Oh, oh. no, I'm not saying I, I, th- I thought your marriage went through a no. strain. I was like, oh, <laughs> no, dang. I'm, no, I'm yeah. like, yo, Steph, that's not true. I swear. <laughs> no, I'm saying, okay. Yeah. So let me clarify. Somebody said their marriage was something they lost on yeah, the course yeah. i'm saying that i played so much disc golf in the beginning that yes stephanie's like do you want to go oh, on okay she's like do you want to go on a date and i'm like to the disc golf course <laughs> and then she's just like she's probably like all right sign the papers she's like not really like that's not the date yeah. i was thinking and i'm like a tournament <laughs> like a travel destination oh, disc God. golf trip so anyways my marriage um my dignity somebody said this one was funny Somebody said they lost their left shoe specifically. Now, how do you do that? It's so, gonna, yeah, it just got stuck. They stepped in like yeah. water or mud, and it just like sucked to the bottom, <laughs> like and stuck they, in mud of GA, Georgia, That's the Georgia mud. So yeah. like, they said they were like reaching around trying to find it, and it was just gone. Their shoe was gone. Um, somebody said they lost their virginity, <laughs> like actually, uh, key fob. 
That one cost $328 somebody. They yeah. lost their key on the course. $328. Oh. Earbuds, wireless headphones. Uh, here, This one is incredible. A wedding ring. And this week, that wedding ring will have been worn for 50 years by Ed Ratledge. He answered and he said, 50-year anniversary this week. Congratulations, Ed. That's absolutely insane. But he lost his ring. Like, yeah. he didn't say when, but it was recent. Not, uh, within the last year, he lost it and was able to find it. And that's amazing because, again, 50 years. Um, <clears throat> lost a phone. This one was funny. Someone said they lost a phone and they kept calling it, Nick. And they said somebody eventually answered and said, I stole your phone. Quit effing calling. <laughs> that's so bad. But so funny at the same time. But you know what is interesting? My buddy uh, Scott, uh, he's not a disc golfer. Um, he had his phone stolen once, and he said the same thing more or less. He called, and they're like, "Stop calling! Like I have your phone." Jeez. Like, anyways, so those are some things that people lost on the course. Thought that was kind of interesting. Just prompted me to think, like, what's the most costly thing ever lost? Yeah. I was figuring a ring. Yeah, I figured someone would have lost like an engagement or a wedding ring, something like that. Oh, man. A wallet with money in it. I figured that. Uh, but it's kind of funny because people do throw like really, really expensive discs. So I guess that could <laughs> technically be like a 2015 Sex and Firebird. That could technically be the most expensive thing that they've lost, which is pretty insane. Or what about like throwing like, yeah, like a AVR stamp destroyer, like on hole yeah. 14 at Maple, like right into the water. Like, oh, I've seen, I've seen Paul do that. <laughs> There's like a $2,000 disc <laughs> yeah, in the water. Just, yeah. Everyone's on their way to Maple right now swimming. I think he got it back though. But uh, <sighs> yeah, it's, that's pretty insane. So those are things that are lost. Thank you, Kent, for losing your wallet and keys so we can talk about that. That's so funny because Kent must have like a whirlwind of emotions that day. It's like, yeah, great. He came to Maple Hill. And then it's like, that's super awesome. And then he met Matt Graham, Kids Disc Golf. <laughs> that's super awesome. Then he went out and played Maple Whites. Like, that's super awesome. But then he lost his keys. He lost his wallet. So then you're like, oh, my God. And then you walk back, and your car or your truck is missing. So now you got to find your truck. And then there's balloons in your truck. Like, that, I don't know. That's just, a, that's just a crazy day. All right. So our live chat says we should talk about Don Shin. Just go back to the beginning of the show. We did shortly. 100-year-old through 189 feet, world record. That is incredible. Go watch that YouTube video. Mm -hmm. Look up Don Shin with two N's, disc golf, and you can find out about this inspirational guy. Yeah. Nick, we're going to move on over to the Disc Golf Pro yeah. Tour All-Star Weekend. Can you take off the Skype where were Where were you, Nick, when Thank you, you heard about the news? The All-Star Weekend. Where were you? No. What, what do you think? Uh, I don't know. When did it get released? I could tell you exactly where I was. <laughs> I think it was like, I don't know, a couple days, days ago. Yeah, a couple days ago, right? Yeah. I was probably in Melrose, Massachusetts or Paxton, Massachusetts. One is where I work. One is where I live. So what do you so, know about what do you know about All-Star Weekends, like just in the sport world? Like So, oh, All-Star Weekends? Yeah. Like, what stands out to you about them? Um, it's pretty much the best athletes at their respected sport going to a destination and playing their respected sport so whether it's the nba all-stars which is who votes for who or like the people kind of vote for the players who are the all-stars um, which i think is really cool because then the players or the people kind of have a say in it um, then there's the baseball all-stars football all-stars everything like that but so uh, like what's the feeling of it is this like a serious regimen and these guys are going out there like no jokes <clears throat> like i'm here to like so with the i see i love watching the nba 
and uh, the NBA All-Stars last year was insanely cool because normally the all-star game like the final event that they have is the big all-star game the east versus the west or team Giannis versus team lebron um normally it's just kind of like a joke a very offensively heavy game they throw sick alley-oops to each other no one really plays defense but then this year there was actually an incentive to get to i think it was like 150 points whoever does that first is the actual winner so they kind of played around for three quarters and then that fourth quarter everyone was pretty serious and you got to see kind of all-star basketball really get played. But they have a ton of different, like, mini games where there's a three-point shooting, the dunk contest, the um, the skills challenge, and then there's the celebrity game, which is really cool as well. So so, I, so what do you think? I mean, so Disc Golf announces a Disc Golf star, uh, all-star weekend. Mm-hmm. And let's just kind of – let me put the news out there and then ask you if you think some of those things that you were just talking about will make their way into this. So they just announced an all-star weekend sometime mid-January of 2021. So this coming January, mm-hmm. um, they've taken the top eight based off of point standings. Some people were confused at how these players made it based off of, they said, we saw the Disc Golf Pro Tour Championship and this is not how it finished. No, the Disc Golf Pro Tour is taking the top eight from the whole year, mm-hmm. as in like through Disc Golf Pro Tour standings, the way they were seated going yeah. into the championship. And they're here. They are. They they've deemed them a lead card, mm-hmm. top four, and then the next four, four through or five through eight, um, are called the chase card. I'm not sure why they did that, except just to make them card based. But anyways, yeah. lead card is Macbeth, Heimberg, Wysocki, McMahon. Chase card is Dickerson, Locastro, Kevin Jones, and Garrett Gurthy. So the way it's going to work, my understanding is it's a match play event. Mm-hmm. Uh, the main feature, and we're going to talk about maybe details that we'll see here, but the main feature that was announced is match play. They will go one seed versus eight seed, two seed versus seven, if three they do versus it, six. If they do it like that, though, how does it work between the feature card and the main card? Yes. So these, are, these aren't the actual legitimate cards. Because, like, exactly. Paul, Paul would be, or Macbeth would be playing Garrett Gurthy. They yes, so they okay. made it confusing to me. So the card the way thing is just saying, it. okay, that's just kind of like a disc golf terminology. I got you. Okay, it but that's actually, not exactly. My understanding is it's not going to matter. So it's probably on the same card. It would be like Macbeth, Gurthy, Heimberg, Kevin Jones. That would be card one, and then we'll. Ooh, say, that's a good question. I'm not sure how they will. do I'm just the saying cards. potentially. I would say mm-hmm. like Wysocki, the Castro, McMahon, Dickerson. Can I tell you how I actually? Now you're just making me think about all the details here. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish, and I don't think they're going to do it this way. It's a lot more work, but I kind of wish they would just do Macbeth versus Gurthy, straight up. That's it. Nobody else on that card. Play out the match play. If it ends after nine holes, which is yeah. probably not, but if it does, then it's over. And now they go on to the next one. They say like next up, like. I know they can't quite do that, mm-hmm. but they could almost do it. They could almost fit in two rounds uh, or three rounds a day. It'd be it's like what we do for team challenge. It's kinda cool when you have the two different groups going out and you're playing against each other against the different well for us against the different team pretty much. The but, difference uh, here is they're all one for all for one like all for one and one yeah. for all. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so sure. so that's how it's gonna play out match play. Yeah. I think and then let me just get the FPO. Well, I was gonna say I wanna that. I wanna get the FPO yeah, side of it. Uh being the top person was Paige Pierce, and then Katrina Allen, Sarah Hokum, and Haley King. And then for the chase card, FPO, Missy Gannon, Jessica Weiss, Kona Panis, and rounding that out is Young Gun, Heather Young, um, Silky Smooth Putter. So 
It would be Paige Pierce versus Heather Young. And can I stop you right there and just say, I saw on social media, this was so cool, and I wish there was more of this. With Paige. Did you see what she wrote on Young's? Yes. She, she wrote on Heather Young's Facebook page and was like, hey, you ready to do this? Yeah. No. She straight up was just like, hey, I'm going to beat your ass on the court. No. no I'm just kidding. But she she's more like, or less like, you yeah. ready to do this? Like, who's going to win? Yeah, exactly. Which I think is super cool. And this is being played in Florida, right? Yes. I, I, why do I think it was like Miami? No, it's probably like... Uh, I don't know. Is it is it at that it New World's course? I wonder. You're saying the oh, you have it written down. Greater oh, Orlando there you go. area. Greater Orlando area with travel accommodations provided by the DGPT. That is super cool. I didn't know that travel and lodging. So they're like, hey, we want to do a feature event and like offer like. So yeah. we're getting kind of carried away with ourselves here, but more or less, the Disc Golf Pro Tour, the way I see it, wanted to offer content. Yeah. For their audience, because guess what, Nick? They have how many? I. I I don't even remember the number now. 20,000 subscribers, subscribers or whatever it is. Yeah. 25. Like, the number's pretty large. And they're thinking, people are just going to unsubscribe for the next three months mm -hmm. until the Pro Tour starts back up. If we can offer them something at least once a month. And so I think they're probably scrambling to find another thing for, like, November, maybe yeah. December. Maybe they take something off. But I, I've already... Okay, did you see already? Like, they grabbed uh, the Oakleys, who like to yeah, do a lot of gaming streaming. Yeah, I was going to say, they're doing the streaming going on right now. I kind okay. of feel like that's not quite a stretch. It's a disc golf network. They all they are pro disc golfers, so yeah. I get it. I think there's so many people who are into that kind of gaming world now at this point. I'm obsessed with the gaming world, so I think it was a really cool idea for them to do the uh, live disc golf network with the Oakleys going on right now. And then I think there are other people who are also going to be able to do it. But um, for someone who's a big video gamer, uh, I think that's really cool. So. Yeah. For sure. It's, just, it's more content and it gives you kind of like a personable way to hang out with Tina and Eric, who are super great people. I agree. So I, I yeah. think I think the reason it stood out to me as a little bit weird was only initially was just because it was the first time that that's ever happened for that network, which there has to be a first time. But then they don't put out enough content for that to be like not a feature. Because yeah. normally that wouldn't be like a feature. If you were no, like no, watching no. like a, a sports network channel, like that's yeah. not going to be their feature. No, it'd like, be something casual. <laughs> so, anyways, I think it's very cool. Um, so there's definitely money on the line, although they haven't advertised for the match play yet. Mm -hmm. Uh, what the money is, obviously, it's free money in the, in the mind of these players. They are not in like the tour season yet. Their mindset isn't going to be stroke play. They aren't doing stroke play. Do you think they're going to be able to come out, Nick? Like you know, Paul. You, we actually know all of them, <laughs> but like, are, are they going to be able to be more? And this is what I was asking you about the all-star weekends and other sports. Are they going to be able to have more fun and be like, I don't really care very much about the money. Like yeah. money's nice, but money's like, nice. I want to have super fun here. So pretty Show much off. like what is their competitive nature of going to be? It's going to be like the pro bowl, isn't it? Where it's just like, let's just have fun and like show off. I think I don't think it will be like that. Okay. For disc golf. I think honestly, because the top eight people who are in this are all pretty competitive people to where, especially if it's, if it comes down to say Paul and Ricky, there's no way that they're going to kind of just be show off and doing it for fun there. Maybe. I don't know. Did you, did you watch yeah. um the match between the, Tiger yeah, so, and Mickelson? Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. I watched that. That yeah. definitely. Now they have a different history, but like mm -hmm. that that was so cool. Yeah. I hope they mic up these players. That Agreed. would be extremely that, cool. I mean, if 
Yeah, yeah, that'd be really. Can really cool. Ricky and Paul kind of just agree? This is not like there's nothing like it's significant, but we're having fun think, doing this. I can they, they do bets just like the match? Can yeah, Paul I think, be like, I think they Yo, can to a point, but like I think five hundred dollars for a birdie on this. It's kind of like the <laughs> the skins match that they did at Santa Cruz a year or two ago. Like they all did have a pretty good time with that, to where Sexton was thrown in Mako threes with four hands and. Ricky was running big putts, stuff like that. Like, I think they can have a good time doing it, but I'm more curious. Would you, I don't know. What would you rather watch? Would you rather watch a fun show off event or would you rather watch like, Hey, it's, I want, I want, it's Paul and Ricky in the finals. I want to see who the heck is. I want to watch them play the best they can while offering entertainment of like little bits of like betting and little bit like, yeah, here's the amazing thing. And I, again, I've I've been, you know, we've all followed cards with Ricky on it. Mm. I've played rounds with Paul, not competitive rounds. But I'll tell you what Paul does. He can back up what he talks. Obviously, this sounds so obvious. But, like, we'll be out there playing a casual round with Paul, and he'll be like, oh, see that tree over there? Like, And he's kind of joking. He's like, that's the tree you got to get over. And you're like, that's not the line at all. And he's like, watch yeah. this. And he does it. Mm-hmm. And you're like, come on, dude. Like, the fact that you can back it up means that you can say that, but yeah. everybody knows you're just showing off. <laughs> Nick, yeah. I wish they, I'm going to switch to your shot. Yeah. You're like, yes, yeah, I totally like, understand. Yeah. No, I've, I've seen it <laughs> plenty of times. So, my That's point really, is, I think, I can think that it, happen? Like, do amazing, impressive stuff, but it's definitely not like a yeah. world championship where they're like all upset if they lose. I, I kind of hope for that. I That's just point. Me. I don't think they'll be super upset that they lose. It's not like they're not going to be nearly as upset as, you know, whoever lost the DGPT finale that just went on. Like, all those guys were obviously super upset besides for KJ. But, um, yeah, I think they'll be fun to a point, but I think there is going to be a lot of seriousness that gets put into it. I, I It'll be very I think interesting. I don't know. So what Hopefully. about, yeah, so, like, what about um the extra events? I hope so, they have a ton of extra events. Can they do, like, a night? Like a night under the lights, like long drive competition. Like they'd have to find some massive. You'd have like, to find a massive sports field complex. for Garrett and Eagle to be able to throw in it. But like a sports complex with back to back like soccer fields or something. Yeah. Like that should be enough. Yeah. Nobody's throwing more than eight hundred feet on flat ground. Mm, depends on the tailwind. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's probably not going to happen. But the point January, is, like, it'd be Florida. very cool. Yeah, I think to that'd have be really cool. Long drives, yeah. uh, scramble challenges, like, uh, mm-hmm. like meaning like a skills challenge. Um, you and I have kind of talked about this before, where if we went to like Rocketland and set up this whole, I still think I've still I think, think about actually, it. I think at this point, the way disc golf has kind of exploded, I think that could be a really cool thing. We'll have to talk about people that would for be next lining year. up like to do yeah. each skill and be fun because yeah, We're, I want to talk about it like on the podcast, but that's the worst <laughs> place to do it. So. Exactly. So, yeah. um, so I think there'll be extra events and I'm pretty sure I saw that alluded because it's funny if you are on another podcast, Facebook page, which I am. Uh, Jeff Spring chimes in every now and then. He's like, hey, following this thread because people are offering great ideas. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like, yep. side events and things like that. And so Jeff is definitely, they're going to incorporate side yeah. events. I know they are. I, I say happen. I know it. <laughs> I mean, it'd be cool to see, like, the putting, like, they do a putting challenge and then an accuracy challenge, a skills challenge and stuff like that. I think there's a ton of different things that you could do with disc golf that would make side games really, really fun, more so than what the World Championships has done. Like, there have been times where I've watched, uh, I think, when Worlds was in Vermont that year of 2018. Um, we were watching the long-distance competition, and then I was watching the putting competition, and some of the putting areas were like, you're 
on one knee under a tree putting to an elevated basket. And it was kind of like, wait, those are the putting world championships. Like that's how we're determining who the best putter in the world is. I don't know. It just kind of seemed a little false to me. Do you want to know, Nick, this is random trivia. You won it 10 years ago in the M division. Did I, did I ever get a podium finish as putting world champion for, um, am worlds? Yeah. Rochester, New York. Yeah. I got third. That's sick. I was one putt away from going to a playoff for first. At Am Worlds in 2011. Did you know you were one putt away from doing that? No. Okay, so that like nervousness. It wasn't there, but it was so frustrating later to see it. Like I missed it by one. Um, It was like a stupid short putt. Of course, it always is. Mm -hmm. So, Nick, can we bring up this topic all relating to the All-Star Disc Golf Weekend? All-Star Disc Golf Pro Tour Weekend. I think... Do things like this, and I think it's obvious, but I, I'm interested in your opinion, like speak mm-hmm. about it. Do things like this and things like a $20,000 payout for like the championship event and then the all-star weekend, does this put like epic amount of like priority now towards the players that like next year being like, I have to try hard because there's so many extra things that are actually worth it to try for I think that would definitely be a big contributor to the offseason and how people handle how they're training for it. I think as disc golf continues to elevate and continue to grow, players are going to finally start more so taking it kind of like in a serious way. Not that they don't take it serious already, but I'm talking about like yeah. they're going to really make some big offseason changes. Like, look at what Yuli just said. Well, real quick, like, yeah, continue that, continue that. But like, I'm talking specifically Disc Golf Pro Tour. Yeah, well, luckily, like this year, the Disc Golf Pro Tour was the only thing that we could play. And now that the all the different tours have come out and they're all coinciding with each other, I think this next season is going to be an incredible year for all disc golfers who are full-time travelers. I think the tours finally were able to create a tour. And if there's any touring disc golfers in the chat, please correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> but I think the tour, looking at it, um, from my point of view, it looks awesome where they're going, when they're going there, and kind of like the flow. You kind of you start in Vegas and go up and around. Then you hit the Cali, the Oregon, and then you come down for Worlds, and then I forget what's after Worlds, but then you fly over to Europe, come back to Michigan, and then play the big kind of like Central U.S. to Eastern U.S. And I, I love that the tour every single year finishes on the Eastern side of the U.S. I don't know. It's just pretty incredible time for fall and everything like that to where it's just beautiful. The courses are incredible. You kind of, you see the wide open courses early in the season. And then besides for you, CGC, you start to see those really heavily wooded courses. So I think, where do you think, back to, back to your point. Yeah. Yes. I think that people are going to start taking it a lot more serious now that the Disc Golf Pro Tour is potentially coming out with all-star weekends. Who knows? They might even make it to 16 people in each division next year. Like it could continue what about, to grow. What about like a fan vote? Like, like, See, so I thought there should be 20. Yeah. So, so out of the top 20 finishers, they're yeah. going to let, let's just say eight in or well, 12 say, in. Yeah. Let's say the top 16 finish. Okay. So the top 16 players make it to this all-star weekend, you know, and you can, can kind of do this like eight and eight kind of style. Yeah, But like then a, like let people choose from not everybody. Cause yeah. I don't want to see like, no, I'm no, not no, going to throw have... names out there, but I don't want to see like some just because they're a fan favorite. Exactly. I, I want to see like somebody who had the chance and was close. Yep. And like they could get a fan vote if that that worked Agreed. out for them. I do think that the Pro Tour will implement a fan vote eventually when they can figure out what the best way is to do that. But I think for kind of their starter year and doing this for the first time, 
the way they did it was pretty incredible. And I love that they did eight men and eight females. Yeah. Eight women. We got to feature yeah. the full sport. Exactly. And that's, again, alludes to ESPN2. It's it's mm-hmm. fully equitable there. Um, Someone just said they're surprised it's not in, like, Vegas or Arizona because of the start of the tour. And here's the deal. Disc Golf Pro Tour is flying them there or paying for traveling and mm-hmm. lodging. They probably don't really care where it is because yeah. they aren't. As long as it's summer warm. I mean, I remember going to Vegas back in 2019 in late February. And it was only, excuse me, shoot, like 45 degrees. 55 degrees and it maybe got above 55 one or two of the days like it was kind of freezing honestly but then we went to arizona the next week and it was 75 degrees dry heat or more so it's kind of like is vegas i don't really know vegas weather all that well but is uh vegas the place to go i don't know so i mean i i lived in florida from january to april back in 2014 and I remember down in the West Palm Beach area, it was like 75, 80 degrees every day. So it was nice. So before I continue and finalize that point on the Disc Golf Pro Tour and how amazing that is, I want to scroll back here in our chat a little bit. We've yeah, I want to say something chats. to Chris. I want to say something to Christopher for a while because he's asked a couple of questions, and I always and and by the way, yeah. we're American and trying to figure out what the N O K stands for, and it's Norwegian Crone. I had to look it up. Oh, did you look it up? Super nice. chat from Norway. All that is so cool. Awesome. Thank you so much, Christopher. We really appreciate it. Um, I do remember your first question. If we were going to talk about uh, European players, and I want to allude to earlier, we were talking about who has the best team in Discraft, as in like Team Innova, Team Discraft. And we were saying how Evelina, um, Henna, and also can never leave this one out, Chris and Tatar, yes, three of the top sure. female competitors in the sport. Unfortunately, they haven't been able to, you know, play the U.S. tour this year because of everything that's going on with COVID. But hopefully, hopefully, travel restrictions have kind of loosened up and everything's safe mm-hmm. to do so. So yeah, we are definitely hoping that European disc golfers will join the tour next year for MPO and FPO. I'm just going to say from me, and I think probably most Americans, I can't speak for everybody. It has been a total bummer, especially, I don't want to leave out MPO, but especially with the rising stars or the already star plays. Like I was out at Vegas at the beginning of the year. I saw Evelina. I saw Henna. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just like, and then obviously Kristen Tatar finishing out 2019 season, just like really killing it. And then not to see them at all. Yeah. Well, especially, you know, with Kristen winning the U.S. Um, excuse me, the I'm losing my train of thought. U.S. Women's Disc Golf Championships. Yeah. And then uh, I know Evelina had won Memorial with Henna coming in either second place that year or very close. So the for the MPO and Albert Tom, I the know, Bazooka man. Tom coming know. out, you know, uh, all, so can we just say we we really do in America yeah. we do really like the Europeans coming over here. Yeah. We want to see a challenger come over and face the best players in the U.S. We want to see that. Agreed. It makes it more exciting and more interesting. Mm-hmm. To finish up my point on the Disc Golf Pro Tour, and I'm just going to kind of not rant because it's an actual well, it's a good rant. The Disc Golf Pro Tour, a private organization, a business, if you will, started up by Steve Dodge the visionary behind what could promote professional disc golfers, put the spotlight on them, make a stage, the disc golf pro tour Mm -hmm. so that players have the chance to shine and be compensated and have a reason and an ability to continue to travel around. Say whatever you want about Steve Dodge. Honestly, he doesn't care. 
Yeah. I will say, though, from my perspective, that dude, if he did not have the vision to start the Disc Golf Pro Tour, it would not be here. Plain and simple. So mm -hmm. congratulations, Steve Dodge. Your baby that you created is doing excellent. You knew when it was time to hand it off. And all creators, all designers, all inventors know the time when it's past what they can do with it. Jeff Spring and his team have taken the torch. And the baby that was started four or five years ago is now reaching a place where there is a reason to play Disc Golf Pro Tour events over everything else. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, there's no pro out there who's looking at the event listing and going, that's ah, really not worth my time to go play a Disc Golf Pro Tour. Even if the event is a little lackluster, which I'm sure the Pro Tour is going to take care of and fix. Yeah, even we if even that's say the case, that at that point. Yeah. But even if that's the case, they're like, the points right now are too valuable because there's possibly $20,000 on the line for the championship yeah. next year and yep. maybe more. Knowing, and, the, knowing how the Pro Tour does it, there will be more. And the All-Star Weekend just got added. And mm -hmm. you can already hear from the pro players, Ricky, Kevin Jones, I haven't heard from Paul, that like, they're like, this is going to be awesome. Another opportunity, free money to show myself, to create my brand. If the Disc Golf Pro Tour adds one more thing, like one more event, yeah. I will tell you right now, they win. Like, they I, think will... th I think they win already for even giving this year a go. Not, not that you they're know? going to do this, and I'm finishing my rant. Not that they're going to do this, but they could literally capitalize or monopolize Disc Golf. I believe it. Mm -hmm. If they can offer the biggest payouts, and their events collide with other events, and they're not going to do this. But my point is they are that readied and primed where players are going to choose it, I, mm -hmm. I feel like. And so congratulations Agreed. to the Disc Golf Pro Tour. Um, I, I think they've come a long way to do that. Um, yeah. So I don't know, man. What else is there to talk about for the All-Star Weekend? Did I miss anything that was like, hey, this would be really cool ideas? Any of our chats uh, have anything that they'd like to talk about? Um, I don't know. It's a cool thing. I don't know. I kind of actually, this has nothing to do with the All-Star uh, weekend, but I was seeing a bunch of chats earlier, players talking about the off-season potential signings that will happen. Oh, I'm, good topic. You know what to I mean? Put that I think that's an notes. incredible topic. Um, I think that's something that you and I will actually have to research before we really Yeah, can we push that off? It? Yeah, we'll, yeah we're going to push it off it's to the next It's definitely show. a Agreed. great great topic. but i think I yeah so ideas. christopher had just come back and uh he said ezra to Discmania, and i have no knowledge about any of this but i think that would be a great fit for ezra um a lot of people were saying that too i do know that ezra throws a couple different Discmania discs into a disc he's an otb sponsored player which being with otb i think he is allowed to throw a very mixed bag so pretty much whatever he wants to throw he can throw it and i don't know i think that's pretty sweet that is definitely a topic because you know what you're going to look at? People who are outperforming what their sponsors are giving them currently are going to be on the radar. Like, hmm, Ezra. <laughs> I yeah. don't know what his sponsor But the point is, like, that's what Kevin Jones. You remember Kevin Jones, Pro Discus? Yep. And everyone's like, Dude. Austin Hannum was Pro Discus, I'm pretty sure, too. Yeah, but it's not that Pro Discus yeah. is a poor sponsor. It's no, no, just no, that we're they just were talking outperforming. About those... Yeah, exactly. And so it's Agreed. like... It'll be an interesting topic for sure. Like Simon I'm, Lazat going to product. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, <laughs> imagine. No, I'm curious. I'm definitely imagine curious about. Imagine Paul Macbeth went to like Innova. Yeah, I'm definitely curious about who would go to different companies. Like who's with a company right now that would potentially. Are there, putting off this topic, are there any powerhouse names right now? We're, we're going to push this off. But just to put it in people's heads, are there any powerhouse names that come to your mind? Don't say them out loud. 
who would potentially switch this year? Calvin Heimberg. Actually, I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay, we're just going to push this uh, off, and we're going to dig deep into our uh, connections, and we're going to dig deep into our sources, and we're going to see yeah. if there's any rumors out there, um, such as the rumor that Paul is signing with Adidas, like, officially. That's a rumor. Um, there's also Paul recently just posted about a charitable organization, maybe, that he maybe I don't know, he's looking for help with someone, so maybe he's starting one. Mm-hmm. Um, but th- anyways, there's going to be, I think there will be off-season Yeah, talk. I think I think there's going to be some really, <laughs> Nick is going to lightning discs. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think for the off-season, I kind of think in my head today when I was driving home from work, and I'm like, what, what can we talk about? You know, if we're going to keep pursuing, obviously, the show as much as we do, what can we talk about throughout the off-season? Give us some topics. So yeah, exactly. Um, definitely Nick to a Roby for distance game. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> now my chat's roasting me and I can't handle it. <laughs> That's so funny. Actually. So but um we've come to the end. Unless yeah. there's anything that you feel like we have loose ends on. Otherwise, no, I'm trying to think. Is Nick, there? you know your outro. Yeah. Well, I just want to say thank yeah. you to everyone as always. Please. <clears throat> oh, I'm gonna start over. Thank you to Yuli for coming on the show. Thank you for everyone else commenting. We hope that you enjoyed the new judge of that disc golfer. I really just want to give a humongous shout out to Ken Chapman for being one of the original OGs and uh, for Matt Graham to just every single week stepping up and doing something new with the podcast. I hope you guys appreciate it because honestly, when it comes to something technical, I have done absolutely nothing. So this is all <laughs> this is all I, I provided some microphones. Nick is the like Nick that. is the good looks. Yeah, we'll we'll go with that one. But uh, he's the skill in disc golf. Nah, seriously, Matt's been absolutely incredible. We appreciate everyone for Thanks, Nick. tuning in tonight. I wish I could get sponsored by Lululemon. I think that'd be absolutely sick. But anyways, guys, please go on and smash the like button on YouTube. Yes. Oh, Matt, the review on iTunes. Did oh, someone claim the second man. one? Do we know? Yes, but I'm not going to be able to announce it live right now. I will reach out to you. If you do not hear it from me, then you did not win. If you hear okay. from me, then you won. We did have a few people, um, so we will give that out. Uh, congratulations to them. To All that right. person. Cool. Well, anyways, please, everybody, go smash the like button on YouTube. Uh, give us a share on all your favorite social media platforms. We are on every single podcast platform, so if you want to check us out in our post-round production or post uh, whatever you call it, post-show productions, everything like that, please. Uh, make sure you tell someone you love them this week. Matt? Dude, you're awesome. Catch you guys in the next one. Thanks for tuning in to the Nick and Matt Show. Be sure to check us out on your favorite social platform and to subscribe on iTunes.